Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 53 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolashahi, and my two co-pilots for this evening's crazy-ass adventure, the wonderful young Carlos Burguello, and then Mr. Les's... Crunch Crunch is more Gonzalez. Gonzalez. We've fucked that up. Every what just time. happened? I don't there? know. I don't know, but we're going to go with it. We're going to go with it. It doesn't fucking matter. Tonight, we have a great special podcast for you this evening because we have the host of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network's Rebel Girl, one of the co-hosts, and she is not just the administrator or the contributor to MakingStarWars.net. She is the boss of MakingStarWars.net. Mm-hmm. Don't let it fool you. The <laughs> real Amanda Ward. Hello. How are you doing, Amanda Thanks Ward? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. coming on. Awesome. This, this is great. This is so cool. You know what's weird? Like, I'm looking at the notes right now, and it's like episode 53, and I'm like thinking, no way like i feel like i've been listening to you guys show forever like i feel like you guys are like one of the like first podcasts that i ever listened to outside of star wars podcasting so i'm just blown away that like it's only episode 53 because i love everything you guys do oh that's so cool thank you very much i was just gonna say we now have the better part of the ward family on Uh, yeah Yeah. don't tell jason said that though (laughs) no lie (laughs) oh i'll be telling him yeah i know i know you will Let's get the shenanigans out of the way. You can catch us on Twitter at the Sithless Boo. At the Sithless Boo. Less. At Less is More 78. And the great Amanda Ward, what is your Twitter handle? So we can just get that on there in the beginning. I'm real Amanda Ward. She is the real Amanda Ward. She is. And you can email us at the Sithless at gmail.com. We have a T Public storefront. You can just look us up, the Sithless. And also we have a Facebook at symbol the Sithless Podcast. And you can do all that great stuff done by our great. Uh, social media guy, Mr. Andrew Medina. Yep. All right. Did I forget anything else? No, I think you're good. I was kind of shitty on the uh, shenanigans this week. <laughs> I was, I'm usually better. 
I think I'm excited that Amanda Ward's on. Exactly. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. Nervous. <laughs> so, Amanda, okay, so we know that you are a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Uh-huh. Obviously. Uh-huh. I hope so. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, she's like, yeah, we know that. <laughs> so what else other than Star Wars are you into? Is there another specific genre that's right there with Star Wars or right there, right really close below Star Wars? Oh, man. Probably like right below for me. Oh, gosh, this is really hard to say. I'm super, super into Dune. Which um, at this point is a bunch of novels and then like a couple of like there was a David Lynch film from 1984, which I do not like. So don't try and talk to me about it. That's the one, um, that's the one with Sting, right? The, is that one yeah. Sting? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. We won't talk uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really, really like that. But I think like uh, like the next big like franchise that I love under Star Wars is probably Indiana Jones. I could watch those all day and all night. That's very cool. That is even, awesome. Even the fourth one. I fucking love it. So Yeah, what do you think about the fourth one? You love you literally really like the fourth one. You put that where do you rank it? Do you rank it four? Mm, wow. Honestly, I do tie it with Temple of Doom. Because they both have really, really, really strong elements and like really strong parts. Like the first half of Crystal Skull is amazing. It's really good. It just gets a little bit shaky like towards the end um so yeah i do kind of put them temple of doom and crystal school as a tie for third okay okay mm. I, I just realized that temple of doom doesn't get much love no not at like, all i thought i thought not temple of doom of was awesome uh, no when i was dude. a kid and i don't no. understand yeah. why people I shit thought on... temple of doom was great too i no. did too god booze a temple of doom hater it, it is it is number four for me there's no wow. tie i disagree with amanda it is number four there's no disagree with amanda on the show well hmm. yeah, you just, better agree it <laughs> just happened yeah dare you <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I just realized. No, that. someone else who really, really, yeah, someone else who really, really likes it and is always championing for Temple of Doom is um, uh, Mark Sabe, who's on a podcast two and eight seven. He oh yeah, yeah, loves Indiana Jones. Yeah, and he really, really, really loves Temple of Doom. He thinks it's really great, and he can tell you a bunch of good reasons why. If you're like unsure of why people don't like it, because <laughs> yeah, it does kind of seem like why don't people like it that much? And for me, it's just that the other two are so much better, in my opinion. Right. So. It's not that I don't love Temple of Doom. It just doesn't meet the same criteria, I guess, sure. for the top yeah. two. Sure, top. sure. What, what would be your number one, then? Is it Last Crusade or is it just the Raiders? Raiders. It's Last Crusade. Oh, sure. okay. Okay. Really? Like That's Connery. interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Henry Jones Sr. is the best of all He time. really <laughs> is. He really is. Okay, cool. So we got some Raiders. We got some Raiders talk. We yeah. got some indie talk. And you very excited about the new one that's supposedly coming out. And but no George Lucas on this next one is the rumor, right? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like that, that sucks. But I feel like you know Spielberg and and Ford are still there. I still think it's gonna have those same story beats and the same feel. I mean, George was just really, really good at those MacGuffins and like finding yes. like the story beats that make it feel like in. Indie, and I think it's been done so much now that it's something that you can emulate enough that it'll be good. And are we going to get a younger indie introduced to this to give the mantle to? They know they tried that before, and then Shia LaBeouf went a little cuckoo for Cocoa Buffs. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> he went a little, little batshit crazy. Are they going to do this again? Or do you think this is going to be the last and that's all? Or are they going to take this franchise and give it to somebody else? You know, I don't, I don't know. I do really feel like they want to continue the franchise but I think they're going to wait until Harrison Ford is like, nah, I'm done. And I don't think Harrison Ford knows whether or not he's done. You know what I mean? Like, right. you would have thought that he would never come back to Star Wars, and he did. So it's true. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we hope. 
It's cool. I'm awesome that yeah. we're speaking. Little. But but how much more can he actually do? He can't run. See, that's the question. He he is, hey, he, he runs in Blade Runner, <laughs> the new Blade Runner. He's fucking sprinting. That's not him. That's totally him. He's huffing and puffing. You should see his face. Jeez. That's just from walking from one room no, to the no, other. No, he is sprinting. <laughs> He is sprinting. No, Harrison Ford. Oh, they, they must have edited the hell out no, of that no, sprint. No, no, no. Okay, nice and slow, Dr. Jones. More alcohol and pot. Yeah, let's get you out of the tub first, Dr. Jones. I want to fly an old plane. I'm not sure that's a great idea. Not a new safe one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Ah! There's a skeleton in my bedroom. That's your wife, Dr. Jones. Now, maybe today we don't do the earring? No! Earring every day. Don't, don't. They, they sped up the camera. Would you see Force Awakens? He's hobbling. <laughs> He's like, are you really clunk, fucking clunk, clunk, in this clunk. house right now? You talking? I'm not shit on dogging him. I'm not dogging are him. Are you really saying, real right we're now? Just, we're just it's talking not, reality here. The age. I, I wish you and Jason were here right now. Back me up. Are you guys talking <laughs> down? Look I'm at not the, talking look down at the down around him. you right no. now. No, uh, Roger, I'm not real. talking down. I'm okay. talking out of concern for his long term health. Well, you should just have him stop flying. We don't want him to turn into regarding Henry and just be done. Sorry. Did you just pull regarding Henry? I'm trying to go through his whole film bio like a Weird way. <laughs> well, you pulled a good one there. That was a good one. <laughs> All right, let's get it to the box office. Oh, you can no longer play support. Patriot games, dude. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm done with you. All right, so <laughs> this this week's box office, which comes from boxofficemojo.com, we have Annabelle 2, number one, with $35 million. Dunkirk still kicking ass. At eleven million dollars, hmm. and the Nut Job Two, which I don't know who the fuck the Nut Job Two is. I feel like an idiot right now. It's this summer, don't call me cute, 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 fuzzy little body, cute, cute, big adorable eyes. Never underestimate the power of cute. Don't call me cute. The Nut Job Two, Well, not not a kid movie. It's the one I with the squirrels. I think it's uh, Bradley Cooper's yeah. The Voice. Oh, I don't know what that the is. The first one was, was the Nut Job, job one. and then this is Nut Job 2. Okay. Amanda, have you seen any of these three? I haven't. I totally yeah. failed. I, feel, I didn't even know Annabelle 2 was out already. Because I love those moves. Oh you, oh, you love those movies? Yeah, I okay, love the good. whole Conjuring world. Yeah, so do universe. I. I love them too. And this Annabelle 2 has gotten some critically acclaimed, amazing reviews. That's going to segue us to the next one. But I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. But Amanda, have you seen Atomic Blonde, Amanda? No. You know what? Honestly, I don't like ever get to the movies because I have two little kids. And oh, no one yes. Ever wants I to talked watch to Jason them. about that. Yes, that's <laughs> but, right. That's right. Yeah. But I, I do buy a lot of movies. So eventually I'll see it. Yeah. You, I have a feeling you're going to like it a lot. It's, it was really good. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. I, you don't I think it, it was like too on the nose? Like, I don't even know what it's about, but just seeing the previews, I'm like, that looks dumb because it just looks so, really good. If you, well, here's the deal. I am a child, and so is less, of the 80s, meaning I grew up watching MTV, watching Depeche Mode and Smiths and Morrissey and New Order and yeah, all that new wave stuff, were, right? Yeah, definitely. Devo yeah. and all that stuff. The film was like a big two-hour music video from the 80s. I mean, the music was so cool, and it was choreographed. Oh, wow. Let me, no, let me it, it was pretty much every single day for us because, yeah, right. Everything was music videos in the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, and the movie is pretty much is about in, in, <laughs> the eighties yeah, music and the Cold War, War right, yeah. revolved around like a the John Wick. Yeah, day. yeah. Everything so was if Berlin you like Wall. that kind of stuff, I think you'll like it. Hmm, okay. And if you don't Sounds like promising. it, then Les told you to watch it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> <That's your new laughs> <crappy recommendation>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the segue that I was talking about. Let's talk a little. Annabelle, the question I had for you guys is, 
how come with these great reviews, not that they don't make money, but how come Hollywood doesn't really respect horror movies? Mm Mm-hmm. Like Annabelle or like, let's just say for at the time when The Shining obviously gets respect because it's considered one of the greatest because the director was one of the greatest. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even the other Steven Spielberg films. I mean, the Dark Tower just got shit on. We didn't see it. You said Spielberg. Oh, did I say Spielberg? I'm sorry. Stephen King. The Dark Tower just got annihilated, Mm -hmm. right? We didn't see that one either. We're really lagging. By the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to have to take some time and just just (laughs) waste a ton of money at the theaters or theater hop. Yeah, we well, under, we are not criminals, Les. We pay for each movie we see. That's right, Les. <laughs> <laughs> um, I no. was on the internet and Cinema Blends uh, Connor Schwartzenfeger. That's his last name, Schwartzenfeger. All right. Actually, asked this exact question, and he asked the Annabelle director what he thought about this. And this is what he had to say. He said it's partly because there's a lot of bad horror movies, but I also <laughs> think there is still, even though they make so much money for Hollywood, I think there's still a bit of that feeling of looking down on it a little bit. Like, oh, this is a horror movie. In fact, it was one person at the studio who wasn't as directly involved with Annabelle. She was asking me after she's seen Annabelle, she was saying, so what do you call this? Because it's not horror. It's better than horror, right? And I was like, no, it's horror. It's just good horror. So there's that. But at the same time, New Line, are very proud of their horror movies. I think they're one of the few studios that get it right, and also they're proud of making good horror movies. So there you have it, and I think that's perfect. I think people look down on horror movies because it's just slasher films. There was that whole run, and we, t- we talked about this on this podcast before, there was a whole run in the 80s where horror movies weren't really thought out scripts, and there were no, just no, no. people was... killing each other in the Last gore. Girl Standing was the formula. Yeah. yeah. And Big I think slasher, last girl standing, she's going to be the hero. of the mm-hmm. movie. Exactly. Right. Don't go in that room. Yeah. That kind of thing. But now it's become, it's evolving into actual great scripts and great writing. And it's not all about the gore. Yeah. What do you think about this? Amanda, what do you think about horror movies? And what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Oh, wow. What a and you don't have to answer that um, in the beginning. Me, you can answer yeah. that again. <laughs> let me think about that a little bit. You know what? Like, I, I mean, this question kind of surprises me because I don't know... Who do you mean is not giving enough respect? Like studios or well, audiences about, yeah, well, or like critics? Yeah, like, like critic. Well, critics and critically acclaimed. And let's just say the Academy Awards, the Golden Globes. You know how they put them up, these yeah. films on another level? That kind of thing. You know, if The Shining was out today, would it be? I don't even think The Shining was nominated for Best Picture. If I'm not mistaken, I'll look that up. I might be totally wrong. It is considered one of the greatest films of all yeah. time, mm-hmm. right? Why doesn't this genre get the respect that it deserves? Obviously, they make money, mm-hmm. but w- that's what I'm talking about. And this guy yeah. the same question. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I I think it just comes down to who was making them for a time. Like you, I mean, you don't have Kubrick making all of the horror films anymore, and you don't have. I mean, Stephen King's kind of like seen as like yes or no. It could be okay, it could be not, but right. It is totally just that, that like era that like blazed through the box office of like those, like I call them like gore films where it's like literally just gore, like Saw and yeah. Hostel and that crap where it was just like these really like sort of desperate directors trying to like break in who are just doing like tits and gore and like let's make a movie that makes money so that I can get <laughs> to my next movie kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's totally just what ruined it because you're right. In the 80s, there was like, incredible horror you had poltergeist you had like um what were those ones that jason likes i can't with the glowing or like the silver ball oh, oh phantasm. Phantasm. phantasm or hellraiser yes, phantasm. Phantasm. Phantasm, yeah. yeah yeah like, 
like really like well thought out like universes almost like in horror and then like you have to skip forward almost to, like right now we're finally getting back to the place where you have the conjuring and you have like the witch and you have like um these animal films and stuff that's like actually thought about yeah right. so it's it's i feel like almost horror like goes through these waves where it just has like years and years of like because even if you look back at like uh hammer horror films from like mm-hmm. the 60s and 70s those are amazing but at the time they were box office trash like oh, they were yeah. looked down upon oh yeah because like they the were some, some theaters wouldn't even play yeah, them. some of them kind of had a campy look to yeah. them and yeah. vincent price was in almost yeah. all of them yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah but they're actually really good horror films because there's like actual plot and story and like interesting t- takes on things so it's just like it feels like there's almost like this wave that it goes through like in its perception like in Hollywood and, and in, for audiences where it's for a long time, parents were just like, well, no, of course I wouldn't take my kid to a horror film because <laughs> right. it's going to be tits and ass and blood everywhere. But you don't realize that actually there's now better stuff out there. Yeah, exactly. And then this one is supposed to be super, super cool. We saw, I boot boo here is not a fan of horror. He does not, not like all. it because he's scared. Mm-hmm. That's okay. He can be scared. It's all good. <laughs> I but, like to sleep normally at night. Yeah, he yeah, and, and, and not wake up in you know a wet terror, I, yeah. sweat. Yeah, yeah. And we went and saw Ouija board, didn't we together? I think it was the second one. Yeah, that's we, or, Origin of Evil. Yeah, yes, yeah. it was good. Yeah, no, I, I do have to creepy. say it was good. It, it was, was creepy. creepy. It was shit. creepy. Yeah, and I, I wish we could have a reaction camera when we go watch it. Because Boo is going to fucking die. Who's we, Kimosabi? <laughs> You're going to see it. You're going to go see <laughs> the movie. Fuck. You're going to go see it. What do you think about that? You uh, did you ever see the miniseries that was on TV, Amanda, back in the day with John Ritter, the It film? Yeah, I yeah. totally did. Oh, it's good shit on me. The it's one with um, Tim Curry. Tim Curry, yeah. Tim Curry, yeah. Oh my he god, he's job. amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. And this one yeah. looks super freaky. My yeah. God. Oh, it looks cool. so scary. It looks so <laughs> fucking scary. I don't even like watching the trailer. It's awful. I haven't so, seen the second one. Yeah. The, you haven't the seen second? the second trailer? No. Oh, we're going to watch it tonight oh, after we're fuck. done. In the dark. <laughs> yeah. You're going to watch that. Did you, uh, did you think of anything for your uh, favorite horror movie of all time? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's it so hard a, to pick just one. It could be a cheesy one. one. Like, mine, yeah. mine's pretty cheesy. So is mine. You're, what's yours, Boo? Yeah. Uh, uh, maximum Overdrive. Max, Stephen King's Maximum Oh, wow. That's yeah. with Emilio yeah, Estevez, that right? Good. Oh yeah, that's love a good that one. movie. Less, I, I've I said before, The Exorcist was very scary to me. So yeah, The Exorcist, and for me, Witchboard back in the day. Oh, Witchboard was fucking horrific. And, yeah, do you ever see Witchboard? The I o- haven't. No. Oh, don't watch it. It's freaky. And Omen, the Omen was the Omen horrible. was yeah. Oh. Amityville actually scared me. Amityville too. horror. Oh yeah, that's the wave you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, Man, those were they had good stories. Those were the '80s horrible history. Yeah, there's a lot scary. of depth to them. It yeah. wasn't just. You know, someone coming along to yeah. slash everyone to bits and, and chop people. And those are fun, too, man. Some yeah. of those are pretty fun. No, they're, yeah. some of the, the Nightmare on Elm Street ones are really cool. But at what point do they stay horror and then turn into some kind of just crap? Yeah. Romp. I saw Friday the 13th in 3D, part three in 3D when, when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I'll never oh forget my God. that. That's yeah, a poor decision. <laughs> the pitchfork I, uh, in the barn right in your face <laughs> with blood on it is awful. My cousin, my brother, and I, yeah, we saw part four. Was it Jason Lives? Or is that part three? That might be part nine. <laughs> yeah, we saw one of them, and yeah, we were clumped together in our little. We had a bunk bed, and we were just clumped together the rest of that night, dude. Could my cousin was like, "I am not going to sleep." And he was just bawling the whole night, so we had to literally like all huddle together in one bed for him so he could go to sleep. Yes. He had nightmares that oh yeah, for like a week straight. See exactly. Why? And we were nine. We weren't shit. supposed to be watching Jesus. some dude in a hockey mask killing people, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was awful. So, okay, now it's your turn, Amanda. We've killed enough time okay. for you to pick one. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to definitely go with the omen. You've heard the warnings. It's just a church. Something wrong? No, he's just trembling all over. You've seen the signs. It's a birthmark. Three sixes. Now the time has come. Damien, it's all for you. Your wife is in danger. This is not a human child. Don't let him kill me. I snuck into the front room to watch it while my sister had her friends over. I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I snuck in and I sat like on the kitchen floor and looked around the corner to watch it with them. It scared the shit out of me. And it's still one of my favorite films to just get scared. Oh, yeah. That has to be a scary spot for you to be sitting in. (laughs) right? You're legit by yourself in the kitchen, like hiding in darkness. There's no there's no one to hold your hand when some scary crap happens. (laughs) You're just in there and you're just like, ah! Fuck that! I would. Yeah, never I probably re- <laughs> I probably realized lasted like twenty minutes and then ran back to bed. <laughs> but I don't remember. And then getting back in bed is the worst because you just you're just freaked out. Yeah. Oh my god. We, me, and Jason saw um the first Paranormal Activity. Oh, I was movie. just gonna say that right now, Fuck Amanda. That. Yes. Yeah, we saw it super late at night in yep. a really quiet theater, and then we had to drive like thirty minutes home. So it was like dead quiet. We lived yep. out in the desert at the time and we were driving and I was so scared. Like I literally like just freaking out in the car because I was like, that has to be real. It has to be real. <laughs> it can't not be real. That's, that I remember that and I remember walking to my car in the parking lot. I wanted to just get in my car and close the door and then get out of my car. When I got to the house, I just like sprinted. I was like, I'm not going to be outside. <laughs> That no theater experience, though, was actually yeah. one of the best ones ever. We yeah, had. the very first paranormal. Yeah, watching. Oh, we're man. in there and yeah. everybody's like, you know, the, the, the first scene comes and the, the, the footsteps and people are like, oh, shit, quiet, quiet, quiet. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then, you know, it, the, the scary stuff happens and everybody's like, God damn it. I'm running. I'm running. Oh, it was great. Oh. <laughs> you just feel the energy in the theater. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. All right, cool. Well, there you go. Omen. Good one. That was one of my favorites, too. All right, let's switch gears just for a second. We got a voicemail from one of our favorite listeners, Richie from Boston, and he wants to talk a little toys about some old school toys. So this is Richie from Boston. What's up, Sith heads? This is your buddy, Richie. So, guys, this week I wanted to do a little talking toys because I just found out not too long ago that they make the fucking Power Rangers fucking toys again. Like, my little brother, he's probably a couple years older than Carlos, but he was big into the Power Rangers. And he told me the other day, he was so excited, he's like, Rich, they have the fucking original Zords and the original fucking, I, like, they have all kinds of shit from, essentially from the 90s in the original boxes they put back out to market. Now, it's not a 20-year-old toy. It's like, a, you know, they took the original molds of something and, and did reprints of these things. Um, where are my fucking He-Man figures? You know, like, look, they make 
Maddie Collector, I think is, is the, the name of the website. They have like Masters of the Universe classics and um, Filmation Masters of the Universe figures. And I have, I have to admit, I only have one because they're $50. Now, you know, $50 is a lot to spend for an action figure. I managed to find one on sale. I got a Moss Man I got for 20 bucks. Perfect. But $50, that's a little too high. If I were to pay, like, Black Series money for Masters of the Universe figures, I would drop the Black Series Star Wars figures altogether. I'm sorry, I know that's going to hurt a few people that are listening, but I have a couple of Troopers, I have a couple of Jedi... I'm good. I'd drop those all together and I'd go straight into Masters of the Universe and never look back for, for a $20 price point. For a $50 price point, that's a little much. And the Power Rangers figures are expensive too. But my brother, he's he got a fucking Dragon Zord and he fucking set it up. And I was like, damn, that is the original toy from when you were a kid. And it's fucking solid. So, I mean, they were cool fucking toys. So... I guess my question would be, what do you guys want to see from when you were kids? I've got ideas. I mean, look, that fucking Megazord was a ripoff of Voltron. We know that. Um, and I'd love to see my He-Mans. So if you had the opportunity to buy something reprinted from your childhood, what would you want reprinted, remade, and what would you, what would you buy? All right, guys, that's all I got this week. Take care. Richie, first of all, thank you for backing up Voltron. You'll always be in my family if you back Voltron up <laughs> and not the Power Rangers. And um, I agree, Richie. Where the fuck are those He-Man fucking characters and those action figures? You know what's crazy, Richie? I was uh, in a comic book shop and they had a whole room full of Star Wars stuff. And then I exited the room and then I noticed that they had a whole cabinet full of new G.I. Joe it looked like new G.I. Joe action figures with the old school characters. I, I was almost shit myself because it brought <laughs> me back about 30 years. But that was fucking cool. But Richie, I bet you anything that the He-Man stuff is going to come out when the movie comes out. They're going to do an old reissue of all the old ones and then they're going to make new ones. And then they're going to make us buy everything all at once. Yeah. You'll spend your money. Don't <laughs> That's right. And then Power Ranger toys. You big... Uh, well, not well, not now, but when you I was were a toy kid. wise. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh hell yeah. Really? Oh yeah, of course. Come no, on. You know what? I wanted them to bring back Thundercats because my mum got fucking stolen in second grade. <laughs> I want that shit back, dude. Want a new one? Brand new mum new Thundercats for sure. It'd be awesome. No, 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 no. What needs to come back? Yeah, uh, our Gundam toys. They're there. No, I know they are. But the reason, the reason why I want them back is because my mom would never buy them for me. You know, oh, you just want a to Gundam world, toy bro. then. You just go to the oh, damn no, store no, get no, one, no, believe me. When <laughs> I turned 18 and I got my first job, I got my first job, I blew so much money on on models for them. But I want the actual action figures, not the not the piece together models. I want no, the they have solid I'm still waiting for a live action Robotech. Oh, that's, yeah, that, a that live action happen. Robotech movie. Mm -hmm. It's called Pacific Rim. Oh, so uh, no, I'm joking. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is. Pacific I like. Rim. I like how he says the joke, and then he goes, "Oh no, nah, I'm just joking." <laughs> <laughs> he just gives himself a whole yeah, afterwards setup. Total. Uh, it was Pacific Rim, but yeah, that was a great question. I call it Pack Rim Job. Pack Rim Job. Oh no. 
All right, moving on. Yeah. I had a discussion with Lorena, my wife, about, and she said, would you buy, because you know, you guys oh, know the story where my dad never that bought That could have gone really south. Oh, because of the rim job? Really Yeah, fast. no, I went, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to do it that. No. Staying oh, out of this one. I had a conversation about how, you know, you guys know, I've said on the podcast before that my dad didn't buy me my fucking Voltron and I'm still yeah. scarred to this day. <laughs> and Scarred. I still actually the other day looked up eBay, looked up Voltrons, yeah. like really good ones, really nice ones. I mean, she's fucking crazy expensive. So still don't have my Voltron. But Lorena asked me, would you buy our kids, when we have kids, would you buy them a Voltron if they wanted it or something equivalent? And I said, yes, I would. Oh, they say, hell no. <laughs> and she, but, but here's the thing. We decided that they're going to have to work for it. So they'll build a credit up with me. You know what I mean? Mow, mow the lawn, are you, are you the Iron Bank? Yeah, I'm the Iron Bank. The, mow the lawn, that's ten dollars. Take out the trash, that's you know fifteen dollars. Edit the podcast, that's forty bucks. So, so four hundred bucks. Yeah. What are you talking? They'll about? have their own podcast. Yeah, at that my kid point. will have a Voltron or the equivalent to like a Millennium Falcon at that time or, or Power the Rangers. They will never you have a, really. The only reason, the only way I'll have them buy Power Rangers if I buy M80s as well or M1000s and blow this shit up. Papa. I want a Power Ranger. The only Papa would be Papa. Is the Power <laughs> yeah, that's, it. that's it. But thank you, Richie. Thank you for that voicemail. We really appreciate it. Now, so let, let's get into a little uh, other stuff like Venom. We have some mm. Venom news. Our boy Riz Ahmed, mm-hmm. um, I think, might be in the next Venom film. Hmm. The Hollywood Reporter reported that with e- each passing day, the Venom movie is becoming a well-casted machine for their casting. Tom Hardy has signed on to the Sony Spider-Man spinoff movie, with, which is going to be directed by Robin Feischer, who did Zombieland and Gangster Squad. And the new reports attach Rogue One's standout Riz Ahmed to the supervillain story, though the role is kept very quiet. Mm. So people are freaking out, and they're saying that he might be Carnage. That would be very cool. That would be cool. and But you know what's going to happen is people are going to lose their shit. They're going to lose it big time. And they're going to say, Carnage should be white and redhead and he shouldn't be Middle Eastern. Carnage is Ronald McDonald without the makeup, dude. He's a ginger. Like, he's a redhead, freckle-faced. Yeah, but who the fuck cares? Yeah, you you don't care. Would you like uh, Riz Ahmed as as Carnage? I think he could pull it off. Yeah. He's he's a great actor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't... I'm tired of the conversation. I know you are, and we're tired, To be honest, the conversations are starting to suck. And just get really old about yeah, it's it's a know, broken record. At keep it traditional or oh god. Then it's just like I said. There's always two sides of the coin. Let it be. Let's just see what happens. Let's see how it goes. I, I agree. Well, they're keeping it very very hush hush. So they haven't said if he's going to be Carnage, but he's de- they're definitely starting this thing with Tom Hardy and Riz Ahmed. Yeah, you that's not. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with good. those yeah, two. You, that's awesome. What do you, uh, Amanda? What do you think about this whole Carnage? Are you into the that kind of geekdom? With the this like the superhero Spider Man and Batman <laughs> villains and all that stuff, I I'm totally into like the Marvel cinematic universe that's going on right now. I don't know about every single villain, you know, and every yeah. Like I'm looking it up right now on Wikipedia to find out who you guys. Are <laughs> that's about. fine. Like, okay, no, no, that's cool. He looks just like Venom, but red. So right. there's that. Right. Um, I'm just confused about in general, like where. Like, how does this movie fit into everything? Like, I don't know if you guys can explain to me and like, 
where is it going to go from here? Like, is it going to be like a one-off villain film or do you think it's no. going to be like a whole separate franchise? So here's the crazy thing. I'm going to let let Les elaborate some more right now in a second. But the crazy thing is, so Sony has the rights to Carnage, to Venom, and Spider-Man. They gave Marvel Spidey for a three-film run. And then Spidey goes back with Tom Holland to Sony. But while Spider-Man's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they can't even mention Carnage and Venom. No. No. Okay. But if they do a Venom film, they can mention Spider-Man. What I think is happening is they're going to do these movies on the side and set it all up until their contract is up with Marvel, bring Tom Holland back at his height and do a whole Spider-Man versus Venom or together against Carnage. But I, my question is to Les, how do you make Venom a likable character and Carnage a likable character? I mean, how do you do that? How do you make a standalone well, film? Well, you don't make Carnage the likable character. You make Carnage what he is. He's a psychopathic, bloodthirsty, just ki- serial killer who happens to have the symbiote. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we'll be exploring the comic book origins of Carnage and his host, Cletus Cassidy. The spawn of the alien symbiote known as Venom, Carnage was forged from having had retained the genetic information of Spider-Man and the criminal Eddie Brock. However, its extra power came from its choice of host, a psychotic serial killer named Cletus Cassidy. Having had emerged from a troubled childhood, Cassidy was once an orphan that tortured the family dog and killed his grandmother by pushing her down a flight of stairs. Sent to a home for boys, he burned the institution down after killing both the disciplinarian administrator and a girl who refused to date him. Diagnosed as a homicidal maniac, Cassidy was given 11 consecutive terms at Rikers Prison. Eventually, he ended up in a cell with Eddie Brock, the host of Venom, a supervillain who was defeated by Spider-Man. Sometime later, Brock's symbiote launched a jailbreak to free its human host. Pregnant, the asexual alien entity gave birth to a red offspring during the rescue. Requiring a host, the newborn symbiote bonded with Cassidy through a cut, allowing it to enter his bloodstream. We're gonna wreak glorious carnage throughout the land. Carnage, eh? I like the sound of that. What you do is, in the books, there's a lot of monologuing and and just uh, talking back and forth between the symbiote and Eddie Brock. And they both just start talking about how much they hate Parker and Spider-Man. We hate him. 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 He must die. He and must Venom die. does that as well? Venom does that. Venom, okay. the, the symbiote and him, when they're together, they talk to each other. And then they talk. They almost always get back to, we hate Peter Parker and we hate Spider-Man. We must kill them. Okay. So I can see them. I can see in the movie where they would be able to mention, if it wasn't for that full Parker or if it wasn't for Spider-Man, we'd be able to we'd do this or we'd be doing that. That's okay. what will happen with Venom. So they'll just waste some time until Spidey gets there. Spidey and Venom will do the whole Batman versus Superman bullshit. And then they'll go after Carnage yes. together mm-hmm. in another yes. movie so they can make another $500 million. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's right. Did that make sense, Amanda? Yeah. Okay, totally. Cool. Then another character that's not very like, crazy popular but people know about, Shazam. Yep. Right? Now... Shazam is a DC character mm-hmm. and the new movie's coming out and they got the same director that directed Annabelle 2, David Sandberg, to direct the Shazam movie, which is crazy. He had oh. a quote in, also in The Hollywood Reporter because he asked them, is it going to be difficult for you because you love horror and is it going to be that kind of genre? And this is what he had to say. This will be very different than what I've done in, in the feature space. Because it's not a horror movie and it's much lighter in tone. But it's something that I look forward to trying out even though I plan to return to horror in some fashion. My background back in Sweden before I started doing horror shorts 
I was doing animated comedy shorts. So it's not totally alien to me to have more of a comedy approach. I look forward to taking that on in a feature. So it looks like this Shazam film is going to be pretty lighthearted. Well, it should be. Mm-hmm. Right. And they haven't even picked a Shazam. No. no. But in essence, he's a 13-year-old boy in a god body. Yeah, it's yeah, it the character who plays the kid is important. The person who plays Shazam is 13-year-old boy. No, the kid is important too. God- They're both important. Yes, Carlos. Good thing we didn't Billy have Billy Batson, the kid being nah. Shazam. Wait, hold on, hold on. 13-year-old important. boy in a god body. Good thing we didn't have Johnny Grosso on here cuz he would say that he's Shazam. Cuz he's 13. Nah. <laughs> he thinks he has a god body. Well, uh-huh. that too. He's 13. Yeah. <laughs> Jira, Jira, man. Yeah, that's the gist, though. It's uh, Billy Batson can say Shazam and he transforms into Captain Marvel. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a. Wait, wait, it turns into yeah. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is Shazam. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> that's right, who it rewind. is. So why I get confused. You shouldn't. Amanda, do you know anything about Shazam? Because I'm not a huge Shazam person. No, but I'm confused. Yeah, I just I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia page, and yeah, it's Captain Marvel, also known as Shazam. Okay, so right. we, we ha- mm-hmm. don't we have a Captain Marvel already in the in works? Marvel Comics, you have in the Captain Marvel. Marvel. Okay, and, and then, then have we have Captain a- Marvel, and then we have another Captain Marvel in DC. And in DC, you have Captain Marvel, who when Are they went to litigation, kidding? they had to change, they had to nerf his powers because okay. he was too much like Superman. All right, and then they also had to change. A couple other things because there are multiple Captain Marvels. Son of a so bitch. DC Comics, you'll get you know Captain spoon? Marvel I saw or you'll idiot. get Shazam. And usually they call him by both. But he's officially, when you utter the word Shazam, Shazam! Captain Marvel appears. Okay. That's why, yeah, you, it, it's, it is what it is. Right. But he's going to be Shazam. But they're just going to call him Shazam? They're going to yes, call him Shazam. Yes, they're going to call him Shazam. Shazam. They all call him Shazam. Yeah. But his official name is Captain Marvel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that that will not be uttered. This is very informative. I don't think it will be uttered. It yeah, will not be uttered in the movie. Or, he will yeah. be from here on known as Shazam. Oh, is that right? He's not allowed to be uttered? No, no, no. Just just for to make it just easier to separate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So guys like me. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And like Amanda. We don't know what the hell you're talking about right now. Okay. Yeah. It will all be explained. You guys will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh, not knowing either. I, mean, I, would, I, would, I would feel really, really stupid if I didn't. I'm the only one. Anyway. So that's good. All right. Let's listen to a voicemail from our man, royalty, mm-hmm. the man that should be sitting at the Iron Throne. <laughs> he doesn't even watch the fucking show. My oh, King Tom, you need to start watching Game of Thrones, please. King Tam. King Tam. He, I think Tom has, he has children, so it may be tough. Watch it at work. There's children. There's millions of people that have children that watch the show. There's just. I'm not talking shit, King Tom. There's I'm just, just saying some things that you need to watch. Game of Thrones, King Tom, so yeah, you can call you, in and give us some yeah. information because yes. we know how great you are with your mm-hmm. voicemails and emails. And we're gonna have King Tom on mm-hmm. in September, by the way. Sounds yes. Great. Yes. All right. So King Tom <laughs> is coming on. So let's listen to the man they call the King. Mm-hmm. Hey, Raj, Blue and Les, King Tom here. How you guys doing? Um, I wanted to talk this week about the X-Men. Um, I saw in the news last week or two that Marvel is going to be launching a new X-Men limited series this winter called X-Men Grand Design. Um, it's going to be done by Ed Piscor, I think his name is, who's done some um, indie books that I've heard really good things about. And I guess the whole project stems from him saying that he could tell the 40 or almost 50 year story of the X-Men in a six-issue limited series, so they're going to let them do it. Um, I want to see if you guys 
have heard of this or what you think about this, because the way they're building it up, it seems different than you know, just a regular retrospective, that it's going to be something with an actual story of its own. Um, and personally, I'm hoping that, it, you know, it, people that I'm reading like the idea of it. And um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to like it too. They've, They've had some pretty big reboots, you know. First, the whole in, the whole uh, publisher-wide one with the Secret Wars, and then last year, just the mutant one with the X-Men and um, Inhumans War. But this, I don't, I, I don't want to say it's going to be a reboot, but I'm guessing it might introduce something like Grand Design makes me think of Emperor Palpatine and some long master plan that might this might dig up something from the X-Men's past that I don't know. Either way, I'm looking forward to it. The only thing I don't like is that I think one of the articles said they're going to be doing two a year. So if it's six issues and they do two a year, then we're going to have to wait three years to read the whole thing, which kind of funny, but okay. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. I just wanted to see if, if this was on your guys' radar, um, what you you know thought about it, what you'd like from it, or anything else. I hope you guys are doing great. I'm looking forward to hearing you guys. Thanks for doing the podcast. I'll talk to you later. King Tom, out. King Tom, out. Love that, King Tom. Thank you for the voicemail once again. My liege. And I'm going to throw this one to the X-Men expert. You get it? X-Men expert. <laughs> Mr. Leslie Crunch Crunches More. Gonzalez. Thanks for naming me a different name again. <laughs> but that's okay. You're welcome. <laughs> First of all, thanks, King Tom, for the call. Uh, obviously, we love the voicemails and all the interaction we get from everybody. Um, I hope this will give us a more streamlined story. One thing about the X-Men, and we've said it before, is it's very convoluted. So many mutants, so many X-teams and incarnations. I mean, at one point, there wasn't X, there wasn't a team. Like, they just were all out doing their thing, and now all the X titles had just random characters in it for the, the that issue. So maybe he'll be able to tighten everything up, give everybody like a comprehensive view of what's going on. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to pick it up and just get, get on it and stay with it when it does come out. Um, other than that, I think any new topics or any new uh, artists or writers trying to tackle the X-Men and give us some new content will help. I don't think it'll ever end up in the movies. Any of these things will ever translate. Brian Singer's got a death grip on that stuff. But hopefully things will be good. Can't wait to see it. Well, there you go. I mm -hmm. guess Les has broken that down for you. You know what? Anytime they can fix up convoluted situation that they have there, and they're going to try to cram it into a couple episodes and make it work, I am down with that. So I'm, I'm yeah. all good with that. All right. Speaking of Marvel and Sony and all that great stuff, when before Spider-Man Homecoming came out, have you seen Homecoming yet, Amanda? I, I have, yes. Okay, twice. you have seen that one. You've seen it twice. Really? Okay, and you liked it. Yeah, super okay. good. We loved it too. We, before that movie came, came out, we had predictions on our podcast and we thought it was going to make some serious, insane money. And it has. It's made some crazy money, but it hasn't made as much as we thought, which is unbelievable. At the moment... Spider-Man Homecoming is the lowest grossing Spider-Man movie on the global box office charts. Say what? Isn't that amazing? Well, there's oh. all the Spider-Man movies? Lower than the two amazing Spider-Man movies, which were poorly received, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, do you believe this? 
Yeah. It's insane. It's insane. And far lower than any of the original Sam Raimi trilogy movies. Isn't that crazy? It's made a lot of money. I mean, it is made, it's on its way, I think by the end of this week, to make $640 million internationally. That's it? Yeah. And it has to get to 709 to be able to surpass The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which it probably will. Mm-hmm. I think it, it just might barely do that. And The Amazing Spider-Man 1, the reboot, made 757. Mm. So, I mean, I've, I mean, it's made an insane amount of money. Yes. But it, we thought it was going to hit a billion. I Some, thought, I thought somebody said seven hundred million. I, I I said eight hundred million. You said eight hundred million. I said a billion. I think somebody said seven hundred million. So somebody's pretty close. But it's weird. Is it because people are just fed up with the reboots and See, they're just over it? Yeah, it's the key thing that you said. There has been two other movies prior, and then an entire trilogy prior to that. This is the sixth one, and this is this is the third interpretation of Spider Man. People are either confused, fed up, or they just don't care anymore. Or Spider-Man fatigue. Well, well no, but they've yes. done that with Batman. There's a different incarnation. They have done that with Batman. Oh, that's true. That's a very different, good point. Different actors, a bunch of different actors for Batman. Mm-hmm. I just think that Spider-Man may become one of those characters that only works in an, an ensemble movie. Hmm. Where you just <sighs> stick him in there with everyone else, and he's just part of the event. Well, that's not true, because the Sam Raimi ones kicked ass, and yeah, they but I think tons going of money. Forward, but then From again, now on. 640-something million is a lot of damn money. <laughs> I know. I don't, when, this, Amanda, when did it become yeah. when you made $600 million that it's, it's not, not successful? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Isn't that crazy? Like, 650 It's going to make $700 million. But this, this day and age, where people are throwing around the B word, a billion... You know, that's the, that's the new benchmark. That's the new thing you're reaching for. You know, you know, 700 million, 750 yeah. million, three quarters of that's a billion true. dollars was, oh, that's incredible. But now that people are able to hit it. Yeah. Because Beauty and the Beast made a billion. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast did. People are like, well, that's the new benchmark. That's what we have to shoot for now. Right. Which is sad, but that's the reality we live in. Which Spider-Man movie did you like the best or which Spider-Man reboot did you like the best so far? Amanda. I mean, I do have to say I like uh, Homecoming the best so far. I me too. I I like I like the Sam Raimi ones a lot, but Kirsten Dunst just kind of sucks overall <laughs> in them, and and so does um what's his face James Franco. Oh, yes, James thank Franco. You. He was awful in those movies, <laughs> yeah. and it just killed it. So I like I, I like those a lot, but they don't hold up. At- at all like you can't watch them now and i mean com- in comparison with what we've seen in the last just five years alone they just look like shit so yeah, they don't hold up right. just don't hold up yeah yeah i loved i loved homecoming i thought it was great i said a billion because of all the goodwill what his character did and, and the praise that he got from mm-hmm. the uh, civil war film and he was so good in it yeah and the people loved him and people freaked out when he came on screen it was so cool. And I love the way they did, did this movie. The movie was, from the beginning to the end, it was done really, really well. It's not like they're not going to make another two. No, they're going to yeah, do it either way. Happen, yeah. Where so is, it is it in comparison with the other like opening films for the Marvel characters? Has anyone looked at that yet? Oh, like, compared think, to the first Thor and the first Captain America? I think it's right there. I think it's, it's done just as well as the first Thor and as, way better than the first Ant-Man. Um, I don't know if it's done better than the first Captain America. That's a great question. I think they did make a good, really good point of making it not that much of a reboot. Like, I totally agree with that. Just make the films and just make him like a character that's there. And they kind of did achieve that, I think, with Civil War and Homecoming combined. Mm -hmm. They didn't spend a lot of time going over that origin again for the third time. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, I think that might have helped him, like, cement him as just a part of the gang and not really necessarily needing to be established as a character that people know and love already. 
Exactly. Where, did you go to Comic-Con, Amanda? I did, yeah. Were you in Hall H during the Infinity Wars preview? Oh, no. I'll never okay. go to Hall H. My- <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't go either. I wasn't even in Comic-Con. But watching the little you know bootleg videos of Infinity Wars preview, when it got to Peter Parker on screen, the crowd just went apeshit. Yeah. Louder than anybody yeah. else. So he is loved. I mean, he is beloved. Who knows why he hasn't hit a billion dollars, but who gives a shit, I guess. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, just who gives a shit. Who gives a shit. And, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> fuck. Why are we even talking about it? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, the fuck? Just, just got that out of the pocket. Yeah, I am just going to totally it, it out. Yeah. Don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. All right, let's jump into DC. We, we did a little bit of DC with Shazam, but there's some reshoots for the Justice League of America. And I wouldn't really be talking about reshoots at all because I could give a shit about reshoots because every film does it. People make a huge deal out of it, no matter what. But this reshoot, I wanted to talk about because it's Joss Whedon, and he's in charge of the reshoots now, and he's in charge of directing the rest of Justice League. Hopefully, he can mold it to his style. Cyborg is who they really went after on the reshoots. They Here's a quote from uh, speaking to IGN early in this week. Joe Morton, who plays the father of Victor Stone, who is Cyborg, says he was involved in reshoots of the Justice League that were helmed by Joss Whedon. And while Morton was only a small part of the reshoots, he says that Cyborg was a significant part of them as actor Ray Fisher filmed new scenes designed to lighten the tone of his character, according to Morton. So Morton says, I know that with Ray, the young man who plays Victor, there were some adjustments that they made in terms of tone of character. I think what I heard was that there was a need from the studio to lighten up the film in that way. The film felt too dark. I don't know what that meant in terms of how it actually got translated in terms of reshoots, but that's what I heard. That's what I thought some of the reshoots were about. So they wanted Cyborg to be a little bit more happier. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at. That's where Joss Whedon's at. Mm. I usually ask our guests what they thought about the Batman versus Superman on here because it's usually a oh big go f- <laughs> fuck off kind of question. Amanda, mm-hmm. what did you think about the Batman v Superman? Well, first of all, I just think it's really funny that we're talking about Ray Fisher because he was up for a part of Finn two years ago. And I'll always remember him from that. And yes. I'll never see this movie, so I'll never remember him from this. But, um. but no, Batman vs. Superman. <clears throat> I mean, how could anyone think it's good in reality? Like, how could you think that there's anything <laughs> good that came with that film? Right. It was so full of itself and just tried so hard. Tell me, do you bleed? Before you answer, just know that I don't give a f- JK, I give so many f**ks. Inside that bag are all the f**ks I give. It's empty. Darn it, I'll just run over to the f- store. It's open till 9. Oh no, it's 9.02. Enough with this silliness. Your fight is not with me. There is a greater threat. Oh look, a vending machine. And there's one f- left. Um, I mean, the best moments were the Wonder Woman moments, and it's like such a small part of the film. I mean, I sort of feel bad because I know that there's people that like it. I work with this really nice guy who just really loves it, but he's like super young. And so obviously he doesn't know anything about life. But, <laughs> no. but I know people like it. Oh, so no, I feel people bad love it. We had, it, a, it we just... had a, a email from uh, the Wim, John mm-hmm. Wimmer, who's a great listener. I th- he listens to you guys, too. And he's a, just the coolest yeah. guy in the world. You know, you know John Wimmer. He he yeah. backs this film up. Yep. He he loves this film, and he he like there's there's millions of people that do actually like it. Yeah. Well, yeah so you said really you're, you said you're not going to see this, right, Amanda? The JLA. 
Oh, no. I mean, I just, I've never followed the uh, DC characters. They've just always been sort of, I mean, I watched the Batman animated series when I was a kid because everyone did. Oh, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just don't care. And then Joss Whedon attached to it makes it even less interesting. I like, <laughs> I have negative interest in this film at the moment, to be honest. Man. <laughs> this is Sorry. a negative subject. Wow. Justice League and DC, not a good subject to bring no. up with Amanda. Amanda, when you saw the show notes, you just, you just, I, just yeah. scratched it off and send it back to me. Said, don't yeah, talk yeah. about this. No, show. yeah. Fuck. No, no, no. I think it's good. Like, I don't like, I don't like avoiding talking about this kind of stuff. I think that's dumb. to only want to talk about things that you like. But yeah. I don't know. I just, I just don't. I, I don't think that there's really been good heads prevailing when it comes to making these films so far. Like, um, Batman versus Superman just tried like way too hard and just went so far in weird directions that were unnecessary and. I feel like it's been the same for the the Superman films. I I liked uh what was this first Superman one called? I can't remember. Man but of Steel. I liked it okay, but yeah, Man of Steel. I, I liked mm-hmm. it okay. I did but too. It, clearly, again, just like trying too hard at some points. Mm-hmm. So. But you did like know. you did just, like the Wonder Woman. It, I did. Yeah, okay. it was enjoyable <laughs> to me because it there. was. <laughs> I really did like it, but I think most of the reason why I liked it was that it was pretty much the same movie as uh, the first Captain America film, and mm-hmm. it was sort of, I don't know, d- done in a more fun way, maybe? I don't know how to explain it. I no, liked it, but I, again, I'm just like, yeah, but it's... And, and the Captain America film, I, I say this a hundred times, is my favorite Marvel film of all time, the first one. The first Avenger, because I love the yeah. period piece. I love the, I just loved everything about it. So that's why I really love this Wonder Woman one. It did remind me of that one. Yeah, exactly. It definitely reminded me. Yeah. I totally forgot that Ray Fisher was up for Finn. That's, that's very yeah, cool. Yeah, it was, it was Ray Fisher, um, John Bega, and then like three white dudes. I can't remember the names. They all look the same to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably the three white guys that tried out for Han Solo. <laughs> that, that, that all yeah. sound the same okay. and look the same. Okay, so there is your Marvel DC. Not a lot this week no. to jibber jabber about, uh, but we do know one thing: Amanda does not like Batman. Yeah, that is clear. That is crystal clear. <laughs> she does not like Batman Superman. But I know one thing she likes. And that's Star Wars. Oh, forgot to ask you in the beginning, so I'm going to get to it now. So, Amanda, how you are on an amazing podcast on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network called Rebel Girl, mm-hmm. you and Tracy Gardner, mm-hmm. and you guys break down all the Star Wars shenanigans that goes on and other things. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get into this crazy, wonderful world of Star Wars fandom? Like, what do you remember when your first experience with Star Wars was and how you kind of led you this way? Oh, yeah. Let's see. I mean, obviously, you know, people of our generation, I'm a little bit younger than you guys probably, but we're in the same generation. How dare you? But um, we all... (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't feel bad. (laughs) Um, The, uh, yeah, everyone grew up with it. So obviously, I, you know, I had the VHS tapes when I was a kid. And then when the prequels came out, like I immediately loved them. I didn't see the Phantom Menace in the theater, but I got um, the VHS and the DVD copies because I was spoiled and I saw uh, Attack of the Clones in the theater when I was 16 years old with my friends from church. Loved it. Was immediately attached. Obviously it resonated with me in like a million different ways because it was like the romantic film at the, of the time. Oh yeah. And 
All that jazz, yeah. So, um, I really liked, like, I'm a huge Darth Vader fan and, like, Anakin Skywalker fan, so I loved that I could start connect- making all these connections in my brain between, like, Darth Vader of the original trilogy, who I so desperately wanted to be a good person and to be An- Anakin, and then seeing Anakin actually on the screen and seeing, like, that evolution. That was super cool to me. And then, you know, like, everyone, I just got online and I started talking to, to it with people, talking about it with people and met all these great friends and then obviously Jason loves it so much too and he was so good at podcasting you know and he encouraged me to do it and I like hearing myself talk and I like talking about <laughs> Star Wars so <laughs> that was that <laughs> yeah, we, we like hearing you talk too mm-hmm. sweet yeah that's awesome that's great I always say how how amazing it is to meet people that are in this community we know the cool people then there's some people that are in this community that are a little little crazy a little out <laughs> there Right. A little iffy, but yeah. the people that are just great people, yeah, that celebration is hanging out with you guys, hanging out with everybody, how wonderful it is to like put faces and, and voices that you hear all the time and put them together and hang out and just become like a big community and friends. So that's my favorite yeah. part about this whole thing. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's been great. Like I've actually met like in the last few years more of like my type of people in this community than like I ever thought was possible. And by that, I mean like, yeah, there are people that are like uber, uber like into it and, and they're like huge nerds and they have a hard time talking to people because they're super awkward and they just really love everything a lot. And like mm-hmm. those people are great. And like I get like that sometimes, too. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have the people that like Star Wars, but don't want anyone to know that they like Star Wars because they want to <laughs> appear like, quote right. unquote, normal or whatever. <laughs> right, and, like, right. I encountered those people like the most often. And now to meet people that are like generally cool, super nice people. And super into Star Wars and, like, not afraid to sit and talk about it for, like, three hours or someone. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's when, what I've gained from, like, podcasting the most is, like, meeting people that are, like, not afraid of their fandom. Yes, that's right. Right. And which a lot of people were back in the day. And it seems like it's all good to, to just let it, let it all loose now. <laughs> Come out of the yeah, closet. It, it's yeah, all good. Exactly. Okay, great. Well, speaking of Star Wars, the EW, obviously the EW, um, Last Jedi issue came out. Now, we're not going to break everything down on the EW uh, issue, but if you want amazing coverage, people, go to makingstarwars.net. Okay? They have all the stuff. I looked at it. I didn't even go to EW.com. I just looked at makingstarwars.net, mm-hmm. and I just looked at their breakdown of it. You, you guys do an amazing job. Um, so Well... Did miss a lot because we love Anthony Breslin at, at making Star Wars, so we oh, don't ever awesome. like just copy paste stuff. Right. So you probably missed a lot, and you should go check it out. Everyone should go and read. Like the articles have a, a lot of details. I guess like Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill were warning people that like maybe it reveals too much. Yeah. And I think if you take it as at face value, maybe. But there's just stuff to think about there in the interviews. So I, I highly suggest everyone check it out, even if you are afraid of spoilers. Okay, well, and, and Anthony Resigan is awesome. He is amazing. And he is such a good follow on Twitter, by the way. And especially his political views. Oh, my God, views. yeah. Especially his political views. Yeah. And um, yeah. I, you know, obviously, I'm not going to go into political views over here. We, we've done that in the past, but mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep this politics free. But his political views are right on with what mine are. He's Great a really tweeter. cool dude. Very, very nice guy. So yeah, definitely check it out and make it Star Wars. And then go to EW. Dot com and check out Anthony Bresnigan's coverage. It's amazing. He does a great job every year, and it's uh, it's awesome. And and also, yeah, there's he's so st- lucky. Oh gosh, I mean, does he have like the best job in the world or what? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Other than being like Beyonce's like personal assistant, which I would love to be. Um, <laughs> well, you'd be your slave then. That's fine. I'll be Beyonce's slave. Okay. I got you'd, no problem. You with would that. change the title to not it's uh, not assistant, but the slave. I will like, change myself to the Unsullied. 
Beyonce is unsullied. Call myself Grey Worm. Beyonce is unsullied. That's that's good. That's real good. (laughs) (laughs) Laura Dern, Laura Dern, the lovely, beautiful Miss Laura Dern, talked a little Star Wars when she was on Stephen Colbert, and they asked her what she thought about being a part of this amazing franchise. This is what she said. Okay, so now just in Star Wars for just a second. You're, um, if you don't mind, I know you can't say a damn thing, but I I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Do it. It's so fun. You Sorry. play uh, Vice Admiral Holdo. Okay, we've seen your hair. Yes. You have like pink purple hair. Yes. Okay, yeah, and a matching you. dress or whatever you want yes. to describe it. Can you tell anything? Tell us anything about Vice Admiral Holdo? I can tell you. I love her. <laughs> is she a good guy? Is she a bad guy? It's complicated. Does she have... She is complicated. <laughs> I told you I like complicated Light characters force, even in Star Wars. Dark side of the Force? It's, it's going to unfold. Okay. And, um, yes, it's, I've been a very interesting interview as I talk about Star Wars. But I will tell you this. What? To be an actor my whole life, but first a kid who loved movies. Yeah. And walk on a set... Your costume's ready, you're mic'd, you're learning your lines, the camera's rolling. You open your eyes to do a scene like any other work day. And it's Star Wars. I could cry. Literally, like, oh my God, that's R2D2. I thought I was gonna pass out. It's the greatest thing that ever happened. To me. Never. It's amazing. That's cool. That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Uh, she's awesome. Isn't she awesome? And she's so like that picture they have of her that came out when she's like it's her back and she's like tilted head. What did they say? Pictures can say a million words or whatever. It's worth a thousand words. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. It could be a million with her. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. That picture sums it all up right there. Like elegance, beautiful, powerful. It's mm-hmm. all right there. And I think she's going to be a huge part of this franchise going forward. Yeah. Hopefully. So what do you think about Laura Dern? Are you a big Laura Dern fan, Amanda? I am. And I've been so like blown away by her. Like just the last few years, like I watched her in uh, Big Little Lies on HBO, and obviously I'm a huge fan of her from Jurassic Park, and she's been just popping up in things like with these sort of smaller but really like impactful, strong roles, and she's just awesome. Like I- I'm so happy that she's in Star Wars, and especially you know now that we've lost Carrie, yeah, it's important that we have like someone with that sort of strong personality and like that dignity that she sort of carries mm-hmm. herself with, and I just I love it. I'm really excited to see what she's doing in this movie. Yeah, I am too. It, this big little lies that you're talking about, my, my wife Lorena has been harping me to watch this thing and everybody says it's amazing. Is it really good? It is. Yeah, it's a really good story. I'm definitely going to I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. It's supposed to be amazing. I, I think they got nominated for a bunch of Emmys too, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Well, they, they did, should. right? And by the way, congratulations to Millie Bobby Brown for getting a Best Supporting Actress n- oh. nomination for an Emmy. Good for you. That's oh, awesome. That's great. Um, yeah. Now we have Donald Glover, who we all love. We all love him as an actor. We all love him as Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. We all love everything he does. I was cruising the internet again on MakeStarWars.net. Not that I'm not that I'm plugging MakeStarWars.net here, guys. I'm just saying that's <laughs> no, what I was no, doing. Of course okay. not. Don't want to blow it up. There but, was an yeah. article by The Hollywood Reporter. Once again, Donald Glover sat down with Lacey Rose, and they talked about this craziness that's happening with the Han Solo film. And this is what he had to say. He actually was quoted. Ron, he's talking about Ron Howard is such a legend, and he knows exactly what the vision for what he is doing is. But Phil and Chris hired us, so you sort of feel like, I know I'm not your first choice, and you worry about that. And then he goes on to talk about feeling like he's a baby in the middle of a divorce, (laughs) which which sucks, yeah. The Hollywood Reporter went on to talk about how excited he also is, kind of like Laura Dern, that he got to land Lando. 
And he, he said, in fact, the first toy that his dad bought him was Lando. It was a Lando action figure. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Which is why oh. it's one of the biggest thrills of landing the part was being able to call his father with the news. And he just kept saying, wow, wow, <laughs> wow. So he's really excited. <laughs> so I, I think it's so amazing that they've got actors who are kind of like us, you know, huge fans. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. now get to play mm-hmm. the dream role. And someone like Laura Dern, who's an accomplished, amazing actress feels like a child when she look, looks down and sees R2-D2. You know what I mean? And I think Donald Glover's the same. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have talked about this whole director, Ron Howard thing and, and all this craziness, but what's your quick take on this? Um, do you think that this is a good hiring of Mr. Ron Howard or do you think they should have went another direction, Amanda? No, I think it's fine. I think it's good. I mean, I, I trust him and, and I definitely think it's going to be a drastic change from the film that they were making before. So I don't know what that necessarily means for what we'll end up seeing on screen. Like I hope that there's no visibility in the story, um, you know, where directors change, but I, yeah, I definitely trust him. I think it was a good, good choice. He's a great director and just a great person overall. So I think it's safe in his hands. Yeah, I do too. And he's a big fan. Again, he's a massive fan. Yeah. I love his tweets. His <laughs> tweets are the best. Mm-hmm. So there is your, again, your Star Wars news. I'm, we're not going to go crazy into all the amazing details of the EW thing, but Definitely go check it out. All right. Let's listen to a voicemail from our friend who has left some new voicemail messages in the last mm. couple of weeks. Neil from Chicago. Yep. Has a voicemail for us. So let's listen to Neil. Hey, Seth Heads. It's Neil from Chicago. Um, just wanted to drop you a message, um, especially the day after the uh, Entertainment Weekly article came out with uh, more information on The Last Jedi. Um, obviously one of the big, you know, reveals out of this article was that, uh, Luke thinks that, uh, Ben or Kylo Ren, however you want to call him, uh, was the chosen one and he had invested, you know, all of his energy into this. And then when, uh, Ben betrayed him and destroyed the Jedi Academy, obviously, you know, that was the major reason that he exiled himself and tried to find the original Jedi Temple. Um, but based on that, I mean, it kind of almost seems like the chosen one is more like a chosen lineage. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon thought that Anakin was the chosen one, and that turned out not to be true. From Rebels, we see that Obi-Wan claims that Luke is the chosen one when after he's defeated Maul. And now Luke thinks that his nephew is the chosen one. And again, all of this, I mean, is either proven to be not true or, again, has been passed forward in some stance. But um, I really just wanted to see, you know, what your opinions were on that since it seems to be that everyone who, you know, is assumed to be the chosen one it then has been passed on to someone else. Um, so, again, thanks for uh, reading my last voicemail to answer your question. I'm actually a Red Sox fan. Uh, I, during my formative years, I lived on the East Coast, so I got a side with Richie from Boston on that one. But um, anyway, thank you, Raj, and Les, for uh, doing what you do, and uh, have a great day. Bye. All right, Neil, thank you for that voicemail. And, wow, a Red Sox fan living in Chicago. That must be tough. There's probably a lot of them, actually. You know, Chicago's a place where everybody moves to. Uh, I'm sorry that you're a Red Sox fan. <laughs> yeah, we apologize for that. <laughs> yeah. Your Red Sox really treated my angels very poorly long ago. Well, many years in a row. 
been, yeah, there's been some uh, disappointments. So we, we're not very uh, very happy with you, Red Sox fans. But just in case, we love you, and we love you, Richie. Those are the only two. And Stephanie Gruner, who's from Boston. Neil, I'm, I'm actually happy you're a Sox fan because you're not a Cubs fan, so we're good. Me, me, I got no problems with right. the Cubbies. I got yeah. no problems with the Cubbies. We are right. So that's a, it's, a great, uh, it's a great question, Neil. So is the chosen one a person or a lineage, right? Is it mm-hmm. the bloodline of someone? Kind of like a King Arthur kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Wow. I think we're definitely going to find out. Obviously, like you said, even in Rebels switched things up a little bit. They thought Luke was the chosen one, right? And so did Yoda, actually. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's a great question. What do you think about this, Boo? I don't know, because I've always liked the idea of, of the chosen one, just the one. Just kind of like just, Matrix or what? Yeah, 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 exactly. Have a, have a Neo moment where it's just the one guy. But having them continue on and it being not passed down, but for the force to create another chosen one because it is needed, I don't know, it kind of doesn't sit well with me. I kind of don't dig that. Do you guys have problems with them wanting to change things completely in this Last Jedi? Meaning, are they doing a Flashpoint? Are, they, are we are we doing a whole reboot of what we thought the Jedi was? Obviously, something's going to be different, right? Kind of like a, uh, so are they doing con, something yeah. to benefit what Disney wants to do, Lucasfilm slash Disney wants to do forward, just because it might make sense? Do you guys have any problems with that? I, I have no issue with that. I, I think it would help to know a little bit more about the background of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they did, they threw away all the like EU stuff, right? If yep. I'm not mistaken. It's they legends, said it's no now, longer yeah. canon, it's legends. So this is the perfect foundation. Um, and then back to the, the lineage kind of thing that would explain to me why there's so much manipulation. There's always a, a push and pull and there's almost always someone who's going to be, you know, if, if that is the case in the Skywalker line in any, in any, uh, form is the chosen one to balance the force. That would explain a lot of as far as like how the dark side, there's always someone pulling. That's how Anakin got pulled. Mm-hmm. And then Obi-Wan was able to, you know, mold Luke. And now Luke sees what he sees and knows what's going on. And here we have Kylo Ben doing his thing. Right. Um, I mean, I, that explains a lot of the manipulation for me. And in the EW magazine, Boo, you were saying that Luke thought Ben was the chosen one. Yes. So we're just going constantly. We're going, who's the chosen one? No, maybe not. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he is. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing I don't like is that it seems kind of like it's just being passed on or something like that, or it, it just goes down yeah. by how the force dictates yeah. it is necessary. So, I, yeah, this guy is it. Well, I, I like the lineage idea. I like the lineage mm-hmm. idea. I got no problems with that. Yeah, you want then, you want a specific person. Just, yeah, just the so one. Yeah. If they do pick somebody to be the chosen one, so are you saying there should be a chosen one for every, let's just say, decade? No. <laughs> or, or is it one and that's it? One and that's so it. So all of the rest of the movies right now have made a huge mistake. I I think so. If if they stick with the lineage thing, because I, I, I if they need to change some things in order to continue making movies and continue the storyline, that's fine. I I can dig that as long as it's done correctly. But as as far as like a a continuation of making a chosen one, that just seems kind of I don't know. It, it it's it's kind of like uh, nobody else is as important. That's the that's the way it makes me feel because right. cause the chosen one, everybody looks up to him as like, oh, he's gonna do it for us. But right. wait a minute, there's other powerful people in the universe. That yeah, I was get, just about to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, what you're saying way is, more powerful so, Jedi yeah, in here. So you there. don't like the cho- the chosen one aspect of it. 
Well, no, just the chosen, just one, the chosen one, not okay. not, not a continuing on like, oh, that guy's the chosen. Oh, okay, one now. I just heard or, that okay, guy's okay. the chosen one now, right. or her, or him, or that thing. Okay. No. Yeah, because then when you get to that chosen one, you make him the most powerful one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that should it be the case. You should never be susceptible to certain things. You should just be the chosen one who may need to be taught to keep his powers in check mm-hmm. or how to, you know, hone those things and become the ultimate or the chosen one at at some point. Got yeah. it. Got it. Got it. All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Neil. Mm-hmm. That was a great, great question. Great voicemail. Great observation, actually, too. Yeah. Now, we're getting to the nitty gritty and almost the end, but we got to talk about Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, Amanda, you did not watch tonight's episode. Correct. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet but you're yeah. okay with us spoiling it. Yeah, it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We gave you an out. <laughs> yeah. Gave you an out. <laughs> okay. So we're going to no talk. going back now. Yeah. yeah. Before we start spoiling things, though, I wanted to talk about in a couple of emails that we got. Mm-hmm. And they weren't per se emails asking us questions, but there, was, there were emails sending us links to check something out. Mm-hmm. And we got one from our great listeners, Manny yep. and Frank Cardona. And they sent us emails about this crazy Catelyn Stark thing that everybody's talking about. Mm-hmm. And Amanda, have you seen this thing? This ghost of Catelyn Stark? What? Like somebody oh, saw something in the okay. show? Okay, great. Oh, yes. I'm so yeah. happy. No, I don't know. I'm so happy that you haven't seen this. Okay. You watched yeah. the last the last episode, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The last episode when Brienne and Arya are, Brienne and Arya are sparring. Are sparring, right? There mm-hmm. is in the background, there is a image of a lady that's dressed very similar to Catelyn. She's she has a hood over. She has her a head. hood over her. She mm-hmm. looks like she looks like the emperor a little bit. Yeah, she does. Yeah, walking right across their fight on the backside. Doesn't look. Doesn't look. Doesn't pay attention. Just just walks by. Walks uh walks past the archway. You got to yeah. see this. And here's the crazy thing. She walks by when the word mother has been said. Mm-hmm. So right when they sa- she says, You swore to serve both my mother's daughters. When she says mothers, allegedly, allegedly an image yeah. of Catelyn walks by. And you can see this. It's a lady in a mm-hmm. hood that walks by. And I'm saying that Game of Thrones wouldn't just put some random woman walking by for no reason. But there are other people what? walking Why by not? in that scene. Yeah, see, but there are other wait, people. Wait, there walking- are other people yes, walking yeah, by? Yeah, because I... It's called I, extras. Oh, that is a vile and odious lie. How dare you fill my head with such loathsome propaganda. Get out, you horrible woman. Get out! Exactly. No, yes. no, I get that. I get that. But <laughs> this is, I mean, this is really coincidence and yeah. really weird. Yeah, yeah. but there are, other, there's like two soldiers that walk by, another dude walks by just by himself, and then there's there's the supposed Catelyn Stark who walks by. I, I rewatched oh, okay. that, See, and, and I paused it. It's interesting, it, yeah. when you're watching on the internet, they don't show the other people no, walk no, by. No, no, no. They yeah, just show Catelyn walk by a thousand no, no, times. she's not the only one. There, there are other people who walk by, so oh. that's why I said it could be, but it also couldn't be at the same, but yeah, it couldn't be at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So is it just clickbait? I think so. You think so? Yes. I don't think so. Yeah. I think they did it for a reason. I don't I mean, buy it. It's still I think, a cool I think theory. That's oh, yeah. It pretty, is cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I understand. It is that. creepy. I showed you. What did What did you say? Right I got chills. Yeah, yeah. I got he chills. He got chills. Like, oh, right oh, shit. Amanda, you yeah. need to go check it out and, and, and look at it and tell yeah, me. I'm, but, I'm looking at it. No, I'm looking at a screen cap right now, and I just don't think it looks anything like her, but that might just be me. Yeah, see, yeah, you, damn it. You, you know it's know. a woman walking by, but you don't you don't get any <laughs> specific features or anything or 
or any specific clothing. Well, or of course, like you're not going to get specific. Well, come on. I mean, and this is Lady Stoneheart. No, in this could be Lady Stoneheart. Yeah. But guys, in this show, they make they would never hide something like that. You had a smoke monster monster of come status of, come up somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So that's the same uh, same smoke monster in Lost, by the way. They've connected yeah. it. Uh-huh. realms and time stream uh-huh. yeah that'd be that'd be fun that would be amazing <laughs> yeah all right well thanks for shitting on my uh well, my parade here guys no. i really Sorry, appreciate guys. it i was really i was really excited <laughs> so let's get into another voicemail let's go to ollie's and listen to what ollie has to say and his is all about game of thrones you know it is oh yeah so ollie our boy ollie mm-hmm. let's see what he has to say What's up, Sith Heads? It's your boy, Ollie, declaring for House Crunch Crunches more and pledging my banners forever for his defense of his kingdom. Guys, I wanted to bring up kind of an interesting thought on who the real hero of A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones is. My argument right now is going to be that Littlefinger is actually the hero who's actions result in the savior of the realm of men. Now you guys may be saying, what? How is that humanly possible? Well, let me explain it like this. Littlefinger was the architect of the murder of John Aaron. He used Lysa Tully to poison him. And as you know, John Aaron was the hand of Robert Baratheon. It was Robert Baratheon's death. I'm sorry. It was John Aaron's death, which led Robert Baratheon to go ask Ned Stark to become his hand, which is what led to Ned going to King's Landing, and then Littlefinger orchestrated the attempted murder on Bran with the knife that ultimately we see Arya get in the last episode. This knife was supposedly given to him by Tyrion Lannister. So then it creates the rift between the Starks and the Lannisters, ultimately after Robert Baratheon's death, leading to the War of the Five Kings. Had Jon Arryn not been assassinated, it is possible that the Targaryen children would never have returned. Robert Baratheon may still be king, and or Jon Arryn may have been more successful in the assassination attempt of Daenerys. Had Daenerys not lived, the dragons wouldn't have been reborn. If the dragons don't come back, one of the biggest defenses against the Night's King and the White Walkers would never have been born. We also don't know that any of the events leading to Jon's uncovering that he is a Targaryen will ever occur. There's no Danny and John. There are so many factors, that whole butterfly effect, which all lead back to Littlefinger being the little prick that he is, setting all this up by assassinating John Aaron. So if you look at just simple but-for causation, if it weren't for Littlefinger doing his thing, then ultimately men would be wiped out by the White Walkers and the Night's King. Just some food for thought, guys. This is your boy, Ollie, punching out. Ollie, I cannot believe you pledged for House Crunch Crunches more. And you didn't pledge your loyalties to House Rajagul. How dare you? You started a goddamn war. Just kidding, buddy. We love you. 
Thank you for your voicemail. Thank you for bringing it every week. And it's been a pleasure having your voicemails every week. And I've learned so much just from the shit that you've been telling us. It's, it's unbelievable. So we really appreciate it. And I love how you made this whole thing come full circle to that fuckface Baelish and his cheapy, slimy ways. But you might have a very, very, very good point. If it wasn't for him, all this shit may have never started. And if it wasn't for him, all this shit may have not come back and hopefully fix itself. So thank you, Ollie. Can't wait till next week's VM. So we are going to spoil the shit out of episode number five, season mm-hmm. seven right now. So if you do not want to listen to spoiling of this episode, please forward about five, ten minutes. And you should be okay. And then you'll get the flash round game with Amanda Ward. But if you do want to be spoiled or if you did watch it, please stay here and listen to us spoil the shit out of it. And mm-hmm. spoil the shit out of it for Amanda. Yep. This is the first time on our podcast we're going to spoil <laughs> something for somebody. Yeah. We gave her an out. We did. We gave her an out and she didn't want it. <laughs> Okay, guys, so this episode, obviously, before I watched this episode, I told these guys it's going to be a letdown no matter what. It has to be, Because from the last episode and the last scenes from the last episode, it's hard to sustain something like that. But they did a pretty damn good job. Yes. There were some cool things in this episode. This was a really good episode, even even without uh, or even after having the dragon uh, Drogon annihilate the entire well not the entire Lannister army but the army that we saw there yeah but yeah it was still a really good episode absolutely and and let's break it down real quick so beginning of the episode we obviously we were all mistaken we thought that Jamie Lannister and Bronn Mm -hmm. were going to be captured and going to be held as some kind of ransom yes that's obviously not the case they come out of water together and they start talking about um, how they need to get back and tell Cersei's. Which is bullshit because uh, Jamie's armor must weigh a fucking ton. And Braun is just able to to fish him out and yeah. swim him out. His I'm name like, is Braun for a reason, buddy. I guess. I'd, yeah. I'd right. hope so. But I, I, that's nitpicking. But yeah. Gold arm and full body armor. Yes. Chain mail okay, and all. First of all, there's He's dragons on the show. Rock. Yes. So if there's fucking dragons on yes, the show, then the guys right, can right. swim with this armor. This is medieval right. armor. Uh, no matter which way you look at it, no, that shit was right. heavy. Heavy. Okay, whatever. But so, his armor was like covered in like soot. muck, yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they start talking, and Jamie is is struck with fear. Oh, he's still shaking. He thought he he's, he thought he was like, dead. He thought he died. He's like, oh shit. He sees the teeth and 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 the and the and the flames coming out of the dragon. He's like, well, yeah. that's it. But he's used to that with Cersei's. Oh, yeah, that's Ooh. true. Gosh, and then he just evil. says, we have to tell my sister, like, we're not gonna win this war. Mm-hmm. He's like, she has two more. So that was just one dragon mm-hmm. when that happened. And, and oh. just the Dothraki, she has yeah, more, more can't soldiers. Beat them yeah. Either. yeah okay. So after that, Jamie goes back. So I'm yes. going to be jumping around the scenes, but Go I'm going to kind of t- timeline it. Yeah. Jamie goes back, tells Cersei's that she has not only one dragon, but three dragons. Mm-hmm. And they're fucked. And they're fucked. Yeah. And Cersei's doesn't care. No. If we're going to die, we're going to die going down in a fight and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And she reveals. That she's pregnant. Oh, God. And she reveals that she's pregnant. And he is he is back in it. He was he was out the door. Yeah, man. Like, so she has a baby bump. Wow. And she's pregnant. Yeah, she's, yeah, pregnant she's pregnant again. With another a, incest Another child. incestual child. Yeah. And Jamie asks, who are you going to say this time is, is the father? And she says, you. Yeah. She, they don't seem to give a shit. No. Yeah, they don't care. And, and he's in it. He's yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was already out the door. He's like, we're done. We got to jump ship. I'm pregnant. 
All right, great. Well, Let's but, get back into this uh, now. He, but we skipped a part though. Up meeting with Tyrion. Yeah, in so the crypts of the castle at at the Red Keep, I think. Mm-hmm. So he ended up meeting with Tyrion, and Tyrion's like, we "Need to bring in shut. Everybody needs to talk because there's something else we have to fight, which is mm-hmm. the Night King mm-hmm. and what's going on in the North." So, so Bronn set up a meeting the- because Bronn was still pretty friendly with Tyrion. Yes. Bronn set up a meeting between Jaime and Tyrion, and they talked. And then Jamie went back and said, I met with him. Mm-hmm. So she ends up knowing about everything. So she's trying to work it in a back, in a back angle with yeah, to win, to win this thing. No matter so what. She knows exactly what's going on and mm-hmm. tells Jamie, never betray me again, but then hugs him, make out. I have a baby. We're still lovers and we're brothers and sisters. And it's weird. And this but is we're weird. still doing it. Yeah. 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 So that's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Where, that's where they're the at. The lion does not concern themselves with the thoughts of the sheep. sheep. That's yeah. right. That's what they Simple said. That. That's what the father says, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So oh. there is that. Mm-hmm. Now, on the Daenerys front. This is she, just after the battle. This is just after the battle. She gets, she's up there on a big rock with an amazing looking dragon. Dro- Drogon. And all the prisoners of war in front of her. Mm-hmm. And she gives them the opt out whether to kneel or die. Or die. And then two of them, which are the... Uh, the Tullys. The Tullys. Tarleys. The Tarleys. The Tarleys. Whatever. The Tarleys. The young... <laughs> Randall Tarley and Rickon Dickon Yeah, Amanda, the names... Rickon Dickon. <laughs> the names on these shows is like Bran, Braun, Don, John. Like it is Eddard. Cra- Eddard. Yeah. It's the fucking craziest thing to, to keep straight. The Tarleys <laughs> say they're not going to kneel before Daenerys because that is not their mm-hmm. queen. So she sets them aside and gets Drogon to burn execute the shit out them. of him. Yeah. Well, I think Randall was just tired of it. He said, right? He said, there's too many decisions to make now. Yeah. Because he went decisions. from the Tyrells. Yeah. First, he was a Targaryen supporter because we all remember he's the only one who won a war against Robert's Rebellion mm-hmm. for the crown. So he's a Targaryen guy. Then he becomes a Tyrell bannerman. Then that disappears. Yeah, that disappears. So he swears to the Lannisters. And now he's standing there again. So he's lost like three fights. Oh, no, I know. No, he's, he's over he's, it. He just, he's wanted really to get, lost three he just wanted to get crisp. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. Yeah, like, he was it. done. He was done. So, and then while all of this is going on, Amanda, Tyrion is, looks, looks very upset and worried that Daenerys is going, slowly turning into the Mad King mm-hmm. to her father. Because yeah. he, he didn't like the decision that she made of burning the two. But it had to be done. No, I, I, it, I, I, it had to be done, and she has to she has to set boundaries. Like like when she lost, she needed to make a statement. She made the statement. She needs to tell and to show people that I am not evil. I'm not a bad person. But there are certain things you do not do. But her way of doing it is what freaked out Tyrion yeah. because he said we can't go around beheading everyone, and she's like, I'm not going to behead them. Okay, yeah. but but you guys not beheading. And she's like, but, I'm not beheading anyone. And, but do you guys agree? Yeah, but do you guys agree that they had to die? Oh no, she. Uh, you know, I don't know so much about having to die. I think Randall Tarley left her no choice. She gave him a choice, and she kept saying that I she gave did. Him she's a like, I gave him a choice. Well, I yeah. gave him a choice. Go, go ahead. ahead it's not like she could trust him though, because they betrayed the. Uh, yeah, they're trying to family just, banner to banner to yeah. banner to banner. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're dicks. So. And you know what? That's funny you said that because Tyrion literally said that to him. Mm-hmm. It seems like you're jumping, you're jumping from one to another to another to another. Why not jump to another one? And he said, well, I, at least I'm, I'm supporting someone that's from Westeros and was born in Westeros. Yeah, so his thing not was an a outsider. natural citizen, not an outsider, yeah. someone who grew oh, up so here Donald the whole Trump, time. Then. Yeah, ah, yes, yes, exactly. yes. Yes. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. The orange haired, <laughs> orange haired, Cersei's <laughs> orange haired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with orange hair. Yeah. So does Tyrion. 
Yeah, really, or chair yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that so weird? They all started out with blonde hair, and then as the seasons go on, it just gets oranger and darker. The guy and job just sucks. Each episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're exactly yeah. shit out. I don't want any Daenerys' more. wig has gotten better, though. I can tell you that, because that wind was blowing yeah. one of the scenes. Yeah, shit was a moving her out. hair didn't go anywhere. She had yeah. that big, sexy hair hairspray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big what? Big, sexy, big, sexy hairspray. Hair. Yeah. Never seen that? Yeah, her lace front was done up right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, and then after that, Tyrion meets with Varys back mm-hmm. in Dragonstone. And Varys is kind of is on the same page as Tyrion, saying that as her hand, you need to talk her out of those things. You have to make sure she listens to you so she doesn't become the Mad King. Mm-hmm. But here's a really cool scene that you got to see, Amanda. So when Daenerys comes back with Drogon. Mm-hmm. This was epic. Yes, this was epic. When she comes back at Dragonstone, Jon Snow is waiting right there on that cliff. Mm-hmm. The dragon comes... And drops right in front of him. Epic-like. Epic-like. Straight out Jurassic Park. Yeah. Walks right up to him. He's standing there. He could tell he's scared, but he doesn't flinch. Yeah. He doesn't run. Yeah. Yeah. And the dragon, he takes his glove off and starts petting the dragon. And the dragon responds and, and looks at him and starts blinking at him. And lets him pet the dragon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bond. So there's a, there's a, there's a bond wow. and a connection. Yeah. Obviously saying that he is a Targaryen. A Targaryen. And yeah. Daenerys sees this kind of, lo- she looks like she's wondering, okay, how is this happening? And she's kind of like figuring things out, it looks like in her head. She sees his interaction with her dragons and it's an attractive quality for her. They're beautiful, aren't they? Wasn't the word I was thinking of, but, but yes, they are. But doesn't say anything. Doesn't say a word. Mm -hmm. And neither does he. And Mm -hmm. you could tell that he knows something's up. I quite liked that moment with the dragon. And and I think there was something I wanted to bring to it, which is quite animalistic. Animals go on the smell of something. If you're coming up to a horse, you want to sniff you before it trusts you. And hopefully that worked with the dragons. If you show quite a vicious animal fear, it will jump on that. But if you show it bravery, then it will respond in a different way. But does he know what that means? Or does he think... He doesn't this, know what that me. means. I think, I think he, he just feels a connection with that dragon. Yeah, because they were they had eye contact. Him and Drogon had eye contact. So. Yeah, and they were right. I mean, it was insane how close they were to each other. No, no, but no, but yeah, hmm. but but does he does he get the gravity of it? Does he know no. that only Targaryen? No. No, he doesn't know he he's a Targaryen. So, so he's like, okay, no. then you know, it, yeah. it, it's like him and a dire wolf. It, it's having coming. Yes, yes. yes. Oh no, it's, it's coming. coming. Yeah, but it's coming. Yeah, I was just wondering if if he if it registered. Holy shit. Right. I might be something more than what I know. Right. No. Okay. And while this is happening, what's his name drops by? Guy with the grayscale. Oh, Jora. Jora Mormont. Oh, Jora. Jora. He comes by and she's super excited. Yes. And this is cool because I was watching Jon Snow when this was going down. When she was so excited and hugs him and like the look on her face, Jon Snow was not a happy camper. Mm-mm. I think it was one of the most important scenes, certainly for Jora this, this season. Your grace. She told him to go find a curing. Of course he did. It's Sajora. Like, what else is he going to do? Go and mope? No. Going to die? No. He's going to go and fix himself. Jon Snow, this is Sajora Mormont, an old friend. I served with your father. He was a great man. I think it's a weird one for Jon meeting Jorah. This man he's heard about as being a slave trader bad guy. And yet, here's Daenerys trusting him. Here's him seeming to be quite noble. He looked a little jealous. <laughs> mm-hmm. He looked a little jealous. And when he looked at Jon Snow, he knew something was up. Yes. 
He 100% knew something the, was up. The tension was real. There was there was a lot of sexual tension in the mm-hmm. room. Yes. Well, who's this? Yeah, well, we already know that guy's super jealous, too. He's yeah, been jealous he is. of he everyone is. that she's talked to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, he comes back, and everything's all great, but then they all decide that they need to go to the north mm-hmm. and go get a walker. Well, because... Uh, they need proof oh, to oh, prove to Cersei. Yeah. Yes. They need, so yeah, they need to get an army of the dead. Exactly, so because Bran... Warges just with some ravens, and he goes flies past Eastwatch, past Eastwatch, past the wall, and he sees the entire army of the dead, and he sees the Night King, and the Night King looks at the ravens, and you know, uh, knocks uh, Bran out of the whole Warge state, and he's like, "Oh shit, I need to send ravens." He's like, "Ravens need to be sent now." Yeah. So yeah, so so the ravens get sent, and they they're sitting there at the table, and they need to tell basically everyone. What's going on? They're at the Citadel. Including exactly. Cersei. Yeah. So they're trying to, yeah. they're trying to get Cersei's to understand that, that we need to chill on each other for a little bit. And deal with the bigger issue. Yeah. But there is a yeah. little sly thing in the background where they want to lead the dead to her. That's, no. just wanted, that's happening. They, they said, why not do that? Yeah. But then they're like, we need to just prove to her. We don't want to do that because if you, if you let the army of the dead get into King's Landing, that means they pretty much have everyone. Everything yeah, that's true. Out. Yeah, yeah, okay, over. Gotcha, like, gotcha. That's yeah so. they'd have to destroy the entire north first. That's true. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. true. So the plan is to get one, to capture a, a dead one, a zombie, basically, and then take him and drop him on her doorstep and be like, this is what we have to Which fight. will be First of all, how the fuck are they going to capture a that's zombie? That's going to be interesting. Well, they're going to figure it out. Because things are pretty strong. They, they don't have one one anymore. party that was pretty damn badass. Mm-hmm. If you look yeah, at I don't know how that's going to happen. Where, where we're getting yeah, to that? We'll get there. So they're trying to capture... Oh, yeah, we're getting there. Let's relax. Yeah. We're, we're trying to, they're trying to capture one to send to Cersei's to prove that there's the dead. Yes. Okay. They put that whole plan together. Okay. So as they put that plan together, they're all sitting there. Uh, they, you have Jon Snow, Jorah Mormont, uh, Well, hold on. We have to go back to the Citadel. What does annulment mean? It's when a man sets aside his lawful wife. Maynard says here that he issued an annulment for Prince Ragger and remarried him to someone else at the same time in a secret ceremony in Dawn. Is that a common thing in the South? Well, no, but we'll, we'll oh, that's get there. coming up. Ah, yeah, we'll get there. We don't need to talk yeah, about um, <laughs> so, so when they're having their little powwow talking about what they're actually going to do, and Jon Snow says, I'm going to go to Eastwatch, and from there, we're going to go capture one. The look on Daenerys' face is, please don't go. Do not leave. Please don't leave. To Jon Snow? Yes. Yes. So that and was it, cool, man. And so obvious. she looked yeah. that she is she is smitten with Jon Snow. She's beyond She did smitten. not want Jon to leave. And it's even more so from her end than from his. Yes. Because he, he knows what he has oh, to wow. do. And she is just oh, yeah. She's falling almost lost. Oh, yeah. 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 Her face was, you know, I, I, I was waiting for the puppy dog guys. Please don't leave. Yeah. Don't go. Yeah. 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 That, that definitely happened. Mm-hmm. And Joran decides to go with him. Yes. They go while the other two, Tyrion goes and meets with Jamie. We're yep. backtracking a little bit, but mm-hmm. Jamie, Tyrion's with who? Davos. Uh, with with Davos. Davos, who's awesome. Yes. And he goes and gets Gendry, Gendry. who is in King's Land. So here's his like, hammer forges. Yes. 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 He's all, I have business to handle in Flea Bottom. So da- Davos goes to Flea Bottom, walks around like nothing. They don't recognize him. Gets Gent, walks into Gendry. He came to get me. You want me to come with you? I think you need to understand this. I'm ready. Yeah. Let's go. You should know what you're heading into. What do you think? I've been thinking about every swing of the hammer. How happy I am making weapons for the family that killed my father. Family that tried to kill me. I've been getting ready. 
never knew what for, but I've always known I'd know it when it comes. I'm ready to go. Let's I'm, go. I'm ready to go. Let's go. go. Let's, let's go. Bounce, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's I need leave to tell right you about now. the dangers. Like, no, I'm He's ready. Like, I'm like, ready. Let's yeah. go. So he picks up this insane yeah. ass hammer looking thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't do swords. I do. I do this. Yeah. I'm familiar with this. He has a war hammer. Yeah, it's with the stag on it. Yeah, with the Baratheon stag. True. Yeah. Is it? Did he make it or was it Roberts? He forged he a Warhammer. Yeah, he made it. And he made it. And Oh, wow. He uses it. So he's like it. buying into the whole Baratheon thing. Oh, oh yeah. Totally 100%. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't have the backing. You know how that goes, Amanda. He doesn't have the backing yeah. to say I'm Robert Baratheon. <laughs> what's cool rise is, up and try to take what, things back. What's cool is when they get the Dragonstone, Davos tells him, do not tell Jon Snow that you're you the are. bastard son of yeah, Robert. You're, you're he's like, don't worry about it. You know you don't have to worry about it with me. I'm not going to say a word. You're great. This is Prince Gendry, Your Grace. I'm Robert Baratheon's son. Bastard son. He was meant to keep that to himself. Our fathers trusted each other. Why shouldn't we? First thing he <laughs> says to him. Yeah. And they have a cool little wow. back and forth, mm-hmm. which is really then, cool. So what I was saying, well, I, well I'll, I'll say it after. No, but, no, go ahead. Say no, no, go for it. No, what I was saying is I'm loving this season because it's all people having to put their differences aside. And either they're taking backhanded comments at each other or it gets downright animo- like just to get there's a lot of animosity too. Like Tyrion Davos. Yeah. And let's just fast forward this thing. So Jon Snow and Gendry start talking about their fathers. Yeah. 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 Which they you could see they kind of knew not much about. Mm-hmm. John's like, I grew up on stories of our fathers. And then Gendry's like, well, I just know who my father was. No. And mm-hmm. he said, I know my father fought with your father oh, yeah, and like, they and won met, battles. Yeah. And they won battles together. So why can't we? You have yeah. Baratheon Stark Starkarian. Yeah. Nah. Well, he doesn't know he's Targaryen right now. No, so no. It, it, it is Stark and Baratheon again. Yes. So they get, they reunite. They go out with Jorah, Davos. And they, and they go meet up with. Um, they're going to go meet with Tormund. Tormund. Tormund at Eastwatch. Yeah. That's right. And they go there and then they see. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the Brothers Without Banners. The Brothers Without Banners have been and captured. The hound. Yes. And with the Hound, they're in jail. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, so they, they, they just start, skipped over that whole part, by the yeah, way. So they're um, talking about how we're going to go get a, a zombie and then what men do we have? And all of a sudden, Tormund goes, well, we have some people who've been wanting to go out, too. Who've been dying to go to the north. They've been dying to go to the outside of the wall. And they go to the cells, and there are... It's Thoros, Beric Dondarrion. So Thoros, Amir, Beric Dondarrion, and the Hound. And all of a sudden, those animosities all come out again. again. Gendry jumps right up front and goes, we don't need to take these guys anywhere. These guys, last thing they ever did was sell me to slavery to be murdered. Sell me wow. to a red woman to be murdered. Everyone starts pointing fingers at each other, and it's like, well, we had to do this, and you had to do that, and you sold this, and you stole that. And then the Hound's like, can we just fucking leave? Yeah. Are you? Are, are we going to go with you or not? Yeah. <laughs> the last scene was them in the hall. A fucking power team. Power, power team. team. This was like a fantasy football team oh, on Roy's. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Getting ready. Wow. The, the door yeah. opens up. Snow, blizzard, craziness, and they're going... To mm-hmm. face the walkers. If this was a Dungeon and Dragons, you'd be like, Game Master would have to say, I, I have to nerf this team. Yes. Yes. Can't, exactly. you, I, can't, I can't let you have level 20 attacks on everything, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's it. was all of them. It was, yeah. it was crazy. And then that's it. That's, that's yeah. the show. Wow. No, it isn't. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a little Because Sam, then we Sam go back thing. to Winterfell. Oh, that's And we run very into true. some political intrigue. Oh, in yes, Mr. yes, Littlefinger. Yes. This is very, very important. Mm, yes, Mr. Littlefinger is uh, being Littlefinger. Yeah, so Baelish is being Baelish. Arya is doing her little Ninja, spy thing, ninja, ninja work. thing. 
And she keeps seeing Baelish walking around and he's talking to two people. He's talking to two nobles. And then she watches that little exchange and she hides. Then she catches the maester going Give to him. Baelish's room, giving him a scroll yes. from a raven. And a very he, old scroll. This is not huh. something new. This is something that's been in the archives. Yes. And then uh, after he walk, after Baelish walks out, Arya sneaks in, picks the lock, searches the room, finds the scroll, and reads it. And I think Carlos was able to... Yeah, the scroll was very fuzzy, and you can read a few words, and we rewinded it about, and about five tried times. Tried to watch yeah. it, but to get it. We, thanks to the internet. Yeah, go ahead. Do you want to read that little scroll? Sure. This is this is the scroll that Sansa wrote under under duress to Rob Stark right as her father has just been beheaded. So so if if you guys want a little context, Rob, I write to you with a heavy heart. Our good King Robert is dead. My bad. Uh, King Robert just died. King Robert just died. King, King Robert just died. My bad. Killed from wounds he took from a boar hunt. Father has been charged with treason. He conspired with Robert's brother against my beloved Joffrey and tried to steal his throne. The Lannisters are treating me very well and provide me with every comfort. I beg you, come to King's Landing, swear frailty to King Joffrey, and prevent any strife between the great houses of Lannister and Stark. So Baelish has this in his room Mm -hmm. and he's holding on to it. But he set up this whole thing because at the end of it all, he's watching Arya. He's watching Arya do all of this stuff. So he's being little bastard that he is man this man is mm-hmm. amazing yeah so who knows what is going to come out of all this to tell you the truth i think Arya knows that he's watching yeah her skills she may have not fully completed or maybe she did fully complete her training with the faceless men i think her skills are that high to where she understands what's going on so baelish may think he's got her cornered or he's working on something but no i don't i don't think so i think Arya's. it's over for peter baelish this may just be his last chance of trying to like stir something up or find a way to you know buy separate some time, them right get some space here but his neck is on the block for sure yeah he's a goner amanda do you think peter baelish is going to survive this thing oh no way you think like us or i i think that Arya is going to cut his neck with that same dagger oh that'd be cool yeah yeah i think she'll want to do that yeah, that would be amazing. Who's your... And that's, by the way, that's the entire episode. We just broke down the whole freaking episode for mm-hmm. you. But okay. yeah, you don't need to... I guess you don't need to watch it at all. <laughs> but but um, who is your favorite character? I mean, in, in this whole thing. Like, um, For a long time, it's been Arya because I just knew that she seemed to be like destined for like really badass things. But more recently, it's Daenerys. Yes, she's great. Have you read the books at all? Um, I've read part... Parts of them that okay, seemed like read. prevalent to what was going on in the show, but right. not really. Yeah, me either. Me either. Okay, cool. Okay, you as just like everybody else probably thinks just like I do that at the end of this whole thing, it's going to be Jon Snow and Daenerys, uh, them on the throne. I mean, it's so obvious right now. Like, it, it has to be what's happening. I right. think you're. I think you're right. I, I told these guys earlier, what if HBO just says fuck off and just gives us a Sopranos moment and has the Night King sit on the Iron Throne? Oh my god. Could you imagine? That'd be crazy. Yeah, could you imagine? It would be insane. Well, there is your game there'd of thrones. There'd be tiki torches at break. The, yeah, there'll be there'll be some there'll be rioting in front of uh, HBO's uh, offices in New York City. That's for sure. I can't imagine how crazy that would be. And do you think this is a question that we always uh, ask each other here. Do you think that Jon Snow will take the knee and give his allegiance to Daenerys at any point of this show? I do. I think yes. that he's always. <laughs> I think that he's always um, cared a lot 
about what the people of the North think. And like, he understands like the power that they've given him and the way that they feel about having their own ruler. But I think he's the one who just overall sees the bigger picture for the entire world better than anyone else. So I think like if it comes down to it and it matters to have one ruler, then he's just going to do it. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's going to do it and then ask her to marry her the same time. It's going to be a very lovely moment. <laughs> he's going to get down on his knees. He's going to bend the knee and propose. He's going to bend the knee and not only bend the knee, but also bend the knee to her and propose Thanks. once he finds out he's a Targaryen. How cool would that be? Raj, where can we find your Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen fan fiction online? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. I should do yeah, one. Be good. It sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about it. All right, speaking of dropping the knee and all that great stuff, we got a great email from a great guy. I have a name of Rob Kasaba, who we all know and love. What's up, Rob? Hey, Rob. Thank you for the email. This is so cool. It was such a cool surprise seeing you send us an email, which is awesome. So this is what Rob had to say. Great. Game of Thrones discussion in episode 52. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Just some thoughts. John doesn't have to bend the knee if he and Daenerys marry, which of course is creepy since she's his aunt, but maybe Rob Baratheon is John's dad and Lyanna only thought it was, it was Rhaegar. She, yeah, maybe. Of course, Kevin Bacon and Kara Sidwick are cousins and they're making it work. Oh, man. Yikes. Yikes. That's some ultimate degrees of separation there. That is, <laughs> that's, yeah. I think they need more degrees of separation. There's no separation, yeah. actually. It's degrees yeah. of close, uh, uh, in whatever it would be. Jeez. <laughs> Seems like they've set it up for Arya to put Baelish on ice with the Valerian dagger. I agree, Rob. That's yep. what I'm saying. No one knows who sent the assassins to kill Bran with it, but it wouldn't be a surprise if anybody, if it was Littlefinger. That's absolutely right. We don't mm -hmm. know if it was Littlefinger for sure yet, right? Never been 100% said? No. Yeah. Okay. But he needs to get chopped anyway, yeah. Yeah, not sure if it was wise for Daenerys and crew to burn the grain. Mm. But it, but it, a statement had to be made. It was made. And then you know what? And it's better for nobody to have it than it's for right. Cersei to have it. Yeah. Right. Hope Tyrion can slip enough cash to Bronn to win him over. <laughs> well, well, we saw, we saw that kind of, kind of went well. Going to be a tough choice for Jamie, but I think as the Queen of the Thorns suggested, Cersei is going to cause Jamie's downfall. Uh, I think that is in motion, Rob. Mm -hmm. I think that is in motion. In the books, there are a couple of magical horns that one can control dragons. Mm -hmm. Hello, you're on Greyjoy. And one can bring down the wall. We'll see if that makes it to the series. Rob C. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Rob. We really appreciate that email. And that, you're absolutely, I think, dead on with some of these things. So there is a... Did you know about this, Les? There's a mag some magical horns that can control dragons. Are you talking about the dragon whistles? Yes. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And, uh, yeah, you're on Rayjoy. hasn't shown that he has that yet. No, he, he's supposed to get them or retrieve one of them at the least. Who's going to, what's going to happen to the one dragon that the, the white, Night, King, Night, King, 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 Night King takes? I think. When are we going to see that? Are we going to see that last episode? Viserion. No, that's, oh. uh, that's going to be, that's going to be, uh, in next season. Oh, okay. yeah, because right. they're going to have to go retrieve. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to take a, a dead prisoner, mm -hmm. an undead prisoner, bring them back, prove that shit is real. Shit's real. Possibly Cersei and them will make the armistice and go forward and fight the Night King. That'd be With a betrayal of epic proportions coming from Cersei and them to take a dragon down. Whew. Wow. Leading to the dragon becoming an undead dragon, which will blow up on Cersei and them. I, that's just a prediction for me. Mm -hmm. And All then right. 
Daenerys saying no more prisoners. I'm taking everybody out. Gotcha. M- melting castles. And melting castles. Yes, melting people in castles for sure. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Mm. So there is your Game of Thrones breakdown of the episode number five. I forgot what it's called. East Watch. Thank East you. Watch. East Watch. And episode number six looks amazing. We didn't actually wait and see the What's previews coming? for episode six. So yeah. we'll do that a little bit later. But it shits in the fan. We only have three more episodes. Yep. Oh my God! No, two, two more wow. episodes, two, two more episodes. Two, that's the season it. finale, and then we have to wait, you know, until twenty nineteen. There's only seven episodes. Yeah, there's yeah. only seven episodes this season. Oh, and there's only going to be six or seven next season, but the last episode is going to be six. two hours. Six episodes. Six episodes. Yeah. Oh my God! I know. Right? I know. This is ridiculous. It's awful. I know. Yeah, not good. All right, you ready to play the flash round? Oh, you know what? I'm Before ready. Fla- no, 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 no. Nope. Before the wait. flash round, oh. we have a voicemail from one Johnny Grosso. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, thought, you thought you were going to get away with this without hearing it. God damn it. So here is a voicemail by Mr. Jonathan Grosso. Yo, what is up, Raj, Boo, Les, and my boss, Miss Amanda Ward. How are you guys? I hope you're having a great show. Just wanted to uh, call in since my boss was on and uh, maybe uh, earn some brownie points. Okay, so here's my quick question. Uh, as you know, we are all huge Game of Thrones fans, and uh, we are all part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, or friends thereof. So I was thinking, Amanda, Les, Buarash, who would you say most resembles each character in Game of Thrones from Rogue One, the Sith list, now this is podcasting, Rebel Girl, Steel Wars. You know, like those few. For example, boss, you are a powerful woman in charge, so I would say you are Daenerys with the uh, fire-breathing dragons. Uh, have fun with the question. Uh, love all you guys. Love all your shows. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Johnny Grosso. That was very nice. That's actually a pretty damn good question. Yeah. I didn't listen to it until right now. <laughs> very cool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, Daenerys, you would be Daenerys, Amanda. Let's just give... Okay, can... Go ahead. Can we narrow it down? Let's just do, like, like Jason Steele, Johnny Hawes. Oh, yeah, we're like, not doing it. We're not going to do it. Me and Tracy. Yeah, 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 cool? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We can't do them all. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah. crap, that's a lot of people. Yeah, I don't know if I can name everybody yeah. on the Make Star Wars Network. But, yeah, absolutely. So, you, you're Daenerys. I would say Tracy would be Sansa because of the hair. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? <laughs> Let's just give her that. Uh, she's nothing at all like Sansa Stark personality-wise. <laughs> who, who, do <laughs> but, would be, who do you think she would be? Honestly, like, this, I hope this can't come off the wrong way, because, and I will explain, but she's more like Cersei to me, meaning when it comes to the people that, like, she cares about, she has, like, really deep emotions about them and, like, really strong feelings about protecting the people that she cares about. Sure. And then she will literally just fucking light some people on fire with green fire yeah, like if she awesome. needs to no that's a that's a compliment that's really good that's actually really good okay. i like it uh, okay let's do let's <laughs> that's do, the end of rebel girl right there just that yeah rebel girl just ended tonight, yeah that, that sentence is gonna yeah no, split them no i'm just yeah. kidding just kidding breaking just kidding. up show yeah i know right? tracy <laughs> would be the first one to say oh no i know i know See, that's a really yeah. big compliment actually that's really good how about uh let's go haas <laughs> let's go haas haas is like haas. the gentle lovable guy davos that is 
Davos. 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 Okay. That'd be cool. I give Davos to Haas. Okay. Okay. I, I get it. Haas, this is yeah, just a well-known like Haas world. Haas got some tricks up his sleeve too. Yeah. Yes, world, yes, world-worn yeah. guy who yes, just knows like everything he's been around. He's done good stuff. facial yeah. hair. Yeah. Boo, I would say you would be. Oh God, no. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. I would say you would be Podrick. <laughs> because oh God, that's awesome. Well, Podrick's cool, man. Well, except Pod. for the big penis part. Oh, just just we don't know just, what he I'm did. I'm just kidding. Wait a minute, we I'm don't know kidding. what he did to those whores. Nobody kidding. fucking knows. That yeah. should be like the last yeah, answer just, of the show. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you're Padre. Uh, how about Jason Ward? Mm. Jason Ward, oh the man God. of knowledge. Would Jason be like? Oh, I was going to say Jamie Lannister, but no, no. <sighs> I see him as Varys. As Va- Jason is Varys? Yeah. He's trying to get all the info. He knows all the info. Oh, he's got his little he's, birds he's everywhere. His little, right. He he's the bear of knowledge. Varys. Yeah. He is Varys. He's mm. Varys at the Star Wars he, game. Yeah. He, he does have a collection of children that which we send out into across the United <laughs> States. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it's probably right. That is awesome. That's, That's awesome. great. <laughs> he is Varys. Okay, Les, what the hell? So you're very knowledgeable. Well, I'm black, so I'm not on the show. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You're the dude they put in the. I'm they, the dude that ate on the show. No, you're the dude that, that, from the Iron Bank that they put in or whatever in oh, the uh, goodness, in the safe. Dude. Oh yeah, or or, oh, no, or, or, oh, or yeah, 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 yeah. The, exactly. I'm the guy that gets killed off. That's no, right. No, no, no. You, not you even on the show. Friend. All right. Yeah, that's not on the show. So I'm well, not on yeah. the show. Is he dead? Yeah. Is, yeah. A, is a pirate friend dead? Pirate no, guy. he's just, Davos's smuggler friend is just not on the show. He hasn't appeared. That's good. Long. At least he's not dead. At least he's not but dead. But he's not on the show, like yeah. John Boyega. <laughs> ain't no. Yeah. Even okay. though, okay, I'll just do it myself. I am light skinned, so I'm gray worm. We'll just go. There. Oh, don't give yourself. Oh, no, okay. I'll, I'll just get myself gray worm. I'll just I'm the badass and solid. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. I'll just with, with, with no with pillar. No, yeah, with no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just a Ken doll down there. But yeah, I'm just a badass. Yeah. Well, they get some Sundays. Yeah. Who would, uh, who, yeah. Would, who would Grosso be? Tyrion. <laughs> no, that's oh, no, don't give him that much credit. No, yeah, don't no, give yeah. him that much credit. Okay. Who um, was uh, what, what was the name of uh, Daenerys' brother? <laughs> Viserys. No, I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. <laughs> Just because the hair. Yeah. You know Johnny wants to be Cal Drogo, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh God, no. No. Honestly, I think he's more like a like Jamie Lannister. Like yeah, he's kind I of a badass in his own way, and he likes to see people as good. Yes. And. Yes. He'll probably end up losing a hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like slick and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's a good one. A that's a good one. Weasley. Yeah, <laughs> a, tad, a tad bit Weasley. Gotcha, gotcha. This was really good. Yeah, this, this is, is awesome. Wait, what about you, right? Yeah, no, yeah, let's yeah. just skip. Yeah, we're yeah, done with this one. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Okay, you tried dude. to skip that. Yeah. Yeah. You're Jorah Mormont, dude. There you go, dude. Jorah Mormont. No, I don't know. No. I wouldn't even know. Mm. Uh, you give me grayscale, you jackass. <laughs> well, at least you have hey, a man. penis compared to Grey Worm. It's either, okay, look, it, we could be Theon and Grey Worm. No, I don't want to be Theon. <laughs> Nobody wants to be Theon. How dare you? How dare you? I'll be. I'll be Jorah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah that him. works. I'll I take him. He's that. cool. Yeah. He's cool. Nobody He's wants class, to be your man of honor. He's yeah, got class, class man of yeah. honor. Nobody wants to be your Greyjoy or Bron. No. Oh no. Bron, Bron, I don't think any of us curse enough to Bron be. Bron is heroic, and he's no, actually cool. honorable. I got yeah. no problems with Bron. He's got a lot of loyalty, man. Yeah. He didn't. That's he true. didn't snitch out Tyrion. He made the meeting. No, but happen. I don't want to be Bron. I'll be Bron. He's loyal to his people as long as you pay him. As long as you pay him, give him a goddamn castle. Oh wait, we didn't do steel. 
Oh, oh my God, Steel Saunders. Steel Saunders, who, by the way, is going to be on next week. Yes, which he is. Which we're really excited about. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, Steel Saunders. And then we could tell him next week who we put for him. I don't yeah. even know if he watches the show, but if he does, who would Steel be? Amanda, you know him better than us. Who oh would Steel Saunders be? God. You got to put her on the... Yeah. Who is the person on the show that just hates everything? That's Steel. Lady just died. Uh, Olena Terrell. She hated everything. Oh, she was. She was like, "Fuck yeah. this! These people are stupid. This is dumb. Men are That's dumb. True. This, this doesn't work." This- would, would he be Olena Terrell? <laughs> he's he's either Olena or the Hound. Sort of like oh, good natured, oh, like warm hearted, but like tells everyone right. why they're shitty. Hundred percent the hound. Hundred percent awesome. he's the hound. That's kick-ass. he's definitely the hound. <laughs> the You're hound absolutely right. <laughs> Take any crap that it's yeah. no, yeah, no. it's cut to the shit. Yeah. That's that's great. Back Pappas would be Tyrion. Yes, he's always drinking. Yeah, <laughs> he drinks and he knows things. Yeah, he, he knows things. things. Tyrion's a drink yes. and I know things. <laughs> All right, do we miss anybody else that we could throw out there? Of course, there's Randy and Sal, but you know, I think we're running out of characters. Yeah, we are running out of characters. Well, mostly, yeah, people are yeah. dead. Yeah, we should have done this yeah. sooner. There's nobody that does karate. So anybody would be that's right. There's nobody that does karate. You know, uh, be torment the giant's baby. Yeah, right, um, Sal could be the dude that taught. What's her name? Oh, He's the dead. Bo- the Bavosi <laughs> dance. Yeah. Oh, Serial Pharrell. Serial yeah. Pharrell. There it is. There it is. We'll give him that. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Thank you, Johnny Grosso. That was awesome. That was we appreciate fun. it, my man. Thank you guys for letting me cast myself, dude. That's I know that's I bullshit, mean. by the way. Yeah. You catch yourself he's, he's a Ken doll downstairs. Just, you know, that's at true. least that. I'm taking that's a true. safe, easy route, dude. Yeah, but he ends We're up light with skin, the yeah. team light yeah. skin all day. Yeah, we'll just true. go with that, okay? <laughs> all right, Amanda, you ready for the flash round? Yeah. Okay, so again, I'm going to give you some some subjects, like w- one or the other, or even I might just throw a point blank thing at you, and you got to first thing top of your head, you got to give me. You, all right, here we go. It's time for the flash round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Italian or Mexican food? Oh, Mexican. Beatles or the Stones? Beatles. Nirvana or Queen? Queen. Nice. Batman or Superman? Superman. Luke or Han? Luke. Beyonce or Rihanna? Rihanna. How dare you? That's two in a row now. Rihanna. <laughs> How dare you? Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? Oh, shit. De Niro? Okay, good. That's okay. You can say De Niro. Choice of a character for a standalone Star Wars film, right off the top of your head. I saw his venture. Nice. Ooh. Nice. Okay. Johnny Grasso or Haas? Uh, <laughs> oh, she, oh, she, she, she didn't I love, I love Donnie, but nobody beats Haas. I know, Sorry. I, know, I, know. Yeah. I always end with that one. Yeah, with people on the Making Star Wars Network. I always end with. That. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You did very good. That was you great. did great. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. And thank you. And you know what? Thank you for coming on. This was a great, great time, mm-hmm. and we had a blast with you. Thank you for letting us spoil Game of Thrones for you. Yeah, <laughs> really appreciate it. And thank you for oh, thank you for having me. Uh, it was it was our pleasure. It was mm-hmm. amazing. And sorry for uh, putting you on the spot and asking you who's your favorite this, who's your favorite yeah. that. <laughs> it's it's totally cool. Like I do not shy away from my opinions. I don't give a fuck if you haven't noticed. So oh, it was all what, fun. That's what we love about yes, you. That's amazing. Exactly. More people should be like that. <laughs> Absolutely. So where can people find you again? Um, I mean, you can find me, my podcast Rebel Girl, on MakingStarWars.net, on iTunes, and I'm on Twitter as Real Amanda Ward. Uh, 
Yes, and it is awesome and great podcast, and you guys should all tune in. And again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to us for episode number 53. We will be right back here for next week with the real Steel Saunders. Yep. <laughs> and we'll let him know that he's the hound. The hound. Next week. And we will catch you next week on episode number 54 of The Sith. <laughs>